you already know what this is, man. It's Chill on the Green Box with Spec Thompson and The View. And once again, you know, my co-host, he's not here. He was here at first, but, you know, I guess kind of took too long. You know, The View being a teen teenager here to go do some homework. School's back in, but hey, hey, I go hold down like always. But anyway, thanks, Lewis, for eventually finally coming on to the show. Not a problem. Who's the co-host? The dude in the Ninja Mask? I've been seeing yeah, the view, running man. around. Yeah, okay. the view. Yeah, yeah, man. All it's right. a, a t-shirt mask, man. See? See, see, see ninja It's a t-shirt ninja mask. Yeah, okay. so, so uh, do I got any, right. any paperwork over here? Nah, so, so, like, apparently you never read my book. <laughs> but, uh, so, you think regular teenagers, right? You know, um, they're not going to wear that superhero leotard under their, you know, outfit, right? Yeah. I mean, so, I just thought about it, you know, when I was growing up. I don't know how old you is. But we used to wear our basketball shorts under our pants. Okay. So, so I remember how that yeah, felt. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, man, no teenager about wearing no Spider-Man outfit, you know, underneath their clothes. Nah. So on uh, The View, he's just, you know, if something happens, or he just takes his shirt off, and he ties around his head as for his mask. Quick, easy, simple. When he done, he's out. He put, and when he done, he can put it, take it back off, put it back on. Nobody would know nothing, you know? Easy. Yeah. But, you uh, know, it's a funny story. Uh... I'm in Colorado. I be doing mm -hmm. wild shit up in the mountains. I just bought a wetsuit. Mm -hmm. They hot. So all that stuff you see in the movies when they be uh, putting on them, uh, how you saw Spider-Man's first outfit and it was a wetsuit mm -hmm. and he was running around in it. Them things are so hot, bro. That is so unrealistic. It was New York, though. So it might be realistic. Bro, I live in Colorado and I was getting in the river and the river is 40 <laughs> below. I mean, like, 40 degrees, like, cold mm -hmm. water because it's up in the mountains with the snow. So that's what you wear the suits for. Them suits are hot. <laughs> like, Dang. I don't even think it's realistic. Like, like they'd have different uh, sizes. But, yeah, bro, them super, super suits ain't realistic for superheroes. So I, I get <laughs> your concept. Like, yeah, I just yeah. get your concept in reality because, yeah, being a superhero is, I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, thanks for coming on, man. For folks who don't know who you is, man, give them a brief little synopsis of who you is. So, my name is Lewis Brown. I go by Brown Hornet. I actually copyrighted Brown Hornet from Fat Albert, the cartoon, and turned it to Brown Hornet Omniverse so it could be in comic book format. So I am the first person with a published format of Brown Hornet in the comic book like scene. Interesting enough, people were like, you can't do that. You're not Bill Cosby. I'm like, bro, do you really want Bill Cosby to draw the book? Like, do you really want Bill Cosby to be out here writing? Like, really, is that what... I don't know. It might be dope. I don't know. <laughs> it might be dope. <laughs> I don't know. A little joke. <laughs> uh... No, I got the pun. I got it. <laughs> but nah, that's that's I'm an artist, uh write, I do I do everything, I do every process and I, I don't think uh I don't think enough people give credit to individuals in the comic book making process. I think writers get a lot of the shine in the independent scene. Um man, colorist and their their connectivity with just artists alone, that's just like a whole chemistry that's really difficult to merge and the colorists make the books sometimes like i don't read black and white comic books you know for instance like walking dead was super popular never picked it up because i'm like they didn't finish the book like and that's just my 
bougie preference of how I like comic books. When I want to visually look at them, I want to see the done version because I'm going to be imagining what it's like in color because I'm an artist. So I just, you know, don't think there's enough credit given to the actual steps and the, the whole process of what comic books were from being the penciler to the inker and then... You know, there used to be superstar artists back in the days like Tom McFarlane and they're like who they are right now and stuff. But you don't see that these days too much anymore. It's like the game has been changed and I don't know how it's been changed, but it's not the same um, as far as giving credit to those who really put the whole book together. And I do give credit to the writers because I'm a writer, too, but it's a family process like there's nothing done by itself, you know. And I see a lot of times where I hop in conversations where even like Rodney Barnes will post a pic and I'm like, yo, is that Kanan White's art? Because I want to get the artist credit. You know what I'm saying? I'm that dude. Like, that's who I am. We'll get into it more later on the show. But, uh, you know, this show got different segments, you know, because uh, I'm based you're in Colorado. So you might have these, you might not. The, uh, the electrical green boxes. Y'all have that in front of the uh, house? Yeah, we got them. We we so, go. It's a hood out here, actually. You okay, know? so so you so you was you used to chill on green box back in the day, then, right? We didn't sit on them because, like, I heard a couple guests say we thought they was radioactive, bro. You was trying to get superpowers out there, sound like where you was, bro. Like I mean, you I sitting got, on. I got a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was on the box chilling. Like we chilled on the box, though. I ain't gonna front. We did actually chill on the green box. We was posted up there. We'd have our little smoke sessions, freestyle sessions, all that. The the normal stuff you see in the hood. So I ain't going to front. I have chilled on the green box, yes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't but, chill too long, though. Like, when I was leaning my elbow on there, I was like, bruh. It's a little warm. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. It's warm, bruh. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, uh, we did that. It's funny. In newer subdivisions or newer places around here, they still got the same green boxes, but they got two different streams. So they got a, a plastic one now. They, I know that's sketchy. That one then sounds got, safe. Then they got these huge ones. It has to be like 10 by 11. Like, they're huge. <laughs> Y'all ain't so, sitting on them. Up. You got to climb up them. <laughs> got to climb up them guys. But yeah, that that's funny though. But uh, since you are familiar with it, you know, and you broke it down to the people who um, who are listening, you know, what they are, uh, the first segment is called Breaking It Down. And of course, you did some Breaking It Down uh, well, you was chilling the green bass back in the day, and you know this segment we're gonna break your brain down so people know more about you. So you okay. ready? Yeah. All right. So how do you how do you unwind after a long day of work? Man, I smoke a blunt. I'm not one of those people that's candid because I live in Colorado. Like that's the whole thing. People think Colorado is a uh, skiing stuff. And it's like, we the first people that kind of was getting weed going, there's a whole hood out here. <laughs> like, so I unwind doing the normal stuff every people do. I drink, have a beer, unwind. If I'm trying to get some art done, I try to not do any of that. Um, if I'm on a work schedule, which I'm not right now, I just kind of grind it out till the next day at work. Like, I'm one of those people that is addicted to making it. And I see work as a form of... I hate to say this word, but mental slavery, not physical slavery anymore. But it's like as a whole generation, if you got something creative to do, it's going to take away that time. So it takes away from your mental energy. It takes away from all that. So when I get off work, 
I definitely unwind, let my mind settle, and then I hop right into art and then start working again. I really don't have a time when I'm not working. Comic okay, books okay. is work to me, <laughs> but it's my job. You know what I'm saying? I'm working for me for once during the, that during the, that part of the day. Uh, bringing back to the weed thing you just said, being in Colorado, did you smoke weed like 15 years ago before it was legal? Yeah, man. I mean... Because I want to know, did, did you did you see a, a change in the weed from the illegal weed to the legal weed? Nah. Well, see, the thing is, we have white people here. So they was already making Kind Bud magazines and oh, all okay. those magazines that you... They were coming out here and between California and here, even though it wasn't legal, all the white people were making money off of it. And even now in the industry here... I have a badge, but I've worked in the industry, but we're not the ones making the money right now. You get what I'm saying? So like, as far as the quality, it's been oversaturated where like, if you don't know what spots to go to, you're going to get some rushed, chemically processed stuff versus if you know where to go, where it's all natural, like they grew it back in the days when it was illegal because people was taking their time in their basements and not really rushing about 10,000 customers, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, the quality's changed, but not if you know where to go, etc. And there was good stuff always here. But then we did have that seed stuff too back in the days. Like we had that, but we had all the good stuff like way before it spread out to everybody else. Uh so I know I know you spoke or whatever. So what is your favorite food combination? <laughs> uh gumbo because it's all the combinations like all you right. get you know what i'm saying it's that's exactly what it is it's a melting pot of food so i now said you, now, gumbo now you, with a little you, cornbread you said gumbo so what's one ingredient that has to be in gumbo to make gumbo uh there's a lot of different ways styles a, of way people nah, make gumbo bro like it's one, so. it's one, one ingredient that makes a gumbo you know i, I I do seafood gumbo with sausage, bruh. So I do all the ingredients. So like I have to have it all from the okra. Okra, like, that's all you have to say. That's all you have to say. Okra. Okay. Okra, okra okay. makes the gumbo. Okay. I agree. I agree. Uh, uh, I can't think of the language. But uh gumbo actually means okra. Okay. So that makes sense. So if it's not if it doesn't have okra in it, it's not gumbo, it's uh jambalaya. Some, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I know. It's crazy. Like, like I never knew that, but doing research, I'm like, man, that one element is crazy. So my whole family is from Louisiana and Alabama. So like, even though I'm from Colorado, it's like all the food origin and where I eat, how I ate growing up, all that's down south. So yeah, I hear you, okra for sure. <laughs> all right. So you said okra. So you said gumbo and cornbread, huh? Yeah. What? What you, you using that Jiffy or using that? Uh, some cornmeal or something. Honestly, I am a cornbread. Like I let my the 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 women in the family <laughs> make the cornbread, bro. I've never touched that side of it, but I'll cook everything else. I've made my own gumbo and everything, so I don't really know. But I just know <laughs> they cook. I don't know. They just get it in with the the cornbread though. <laughs> we we went to a, uh, some event one time. Uh, I believe the person was Spanish. I don't remember what kind of Spanish they were. They actually had corn in the cornbread. <laughs> I've had it that way. 
I mean, I'm in Colorado. I had some weird shit, bro. Oh, yeah, you're in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, like, I'm right on the border. Like, this used to be Mexico. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people don't know, Colorado, before we, uh, I'm all about history. That's what my comic book's about, too. Mm-hmm. Col- uh, Colorado was half of Mexico, bro, and they just, like, kind of pushed all that shit down. So, yeah, we got a lot of Latino. Uh, that's where a lot of my fan base comes from. That's why, like, even though Marcel gets hated on, Marcel Dupree gets hated on, like, gets mad at black people for not buying comics, I somewhat agree. Because my main fan base is, like, white people and Latinos. And then I hop on the internet, like, yo, I got this black comic book. And they're like, who's this nigga? And I'm just like, bruh, I'm one of y'all. <laughs> See, <laughs> like, I, had, I'm... I, had, I had the opposite happen. So... When I did my first two issues, I had a whole bunch of white people buy it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I mean, maybe how I pitched it, but I, I never said, oh, the view is a black superhero, blah, 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 made by a black heart. I never pitched that way. I, I can't yeah. lie. I, I mean, he's black. Obviously, he's black. He's blicky, blicky, black. But, On the cover, but, he just right there, black. Yeah. yeah. So I never made it a selling point. It was until last year I got on TikTok and went viral and a whole bunch of like pro-black people came on there pro-muslim people because they try to say that the, the mask was a hijab so i got the muslim people as well so i was like man it's crazy so now i got this good blend between white and black but before it hey, just educate me on the uh terminology because i'm all about education so is it is it hijab or hijab hijab is a hijab okay well i'm not muslim but I don't know either, bro. That's why but, I'm asking. But the, so. but the people, the people who came, at, people who came at me, uh, in the AI voice that I used back in the day, that's what they said. So they came uh, at you, huh? Yeah, because, um, because you know, it looked like a hijab. People thought I was a female because I had nothing, so I had to correct that. And okay. they was coming at me because they were like, "That's disrespect for you to have a T-shirt as a hijab." Then other people's coming like, maybe that's all. They can afford or whatever. That's why they got it on their head. Yeah, and so exactly. I was like, man, that's crazy. But like, I got hate for it at first, and people defended me. So like, it was wild. But because of that, I made a good. I made another viral video saying it's not a hijab, it's a t-shirt <laughs> mask, and, and and it got more views. It was, it was like a a video after video at chain events, and I kept like going viral. And I was like, I got something, but. It slowed down, I, but you know I could relate to that. I could relate to your your experience, uh, because I mean that's even why I'm doing this interview. Because when I did the name Brown Hornet, bro, first thing people wanted to do was like debate. There's like this debate side of the internet that's like they want to you know criticize everything. That's just how the internet is, and you went through that just with just like in that same scenario, and you got to go on the internet to like explain who you are sometimes. To people because they don't know you you know what i'm saying yeah. and they don't know the thought process behind the genius sometimes you know um last question on the segment uh have you ever successfully conquered a fear yeah man i do it all the time bro like <laughs> like i'm i'm kind of fearless like uh last two weeks Two weekends ago, I jumped in a river, bruh. I got a wetsuit, like I was telling you <laughs> yeah. earlier in the interview. I was, yeah, I jumped in the river and uh, was trying, I, I, I pan for gold because I live in Colorado. I try to do things people don't think about. 
And because we live in like that type of environment and we're known for that, and that's the name of our basketball team, you would think more people would be doing that out here. But it's like, I don't care if you white, black, I don't care what age you are. It's an, it's, it's an thing that you don't do, but you see the corporations out there getting the money with their bulldozers and trucks all day when you just drive through the mountains. So it's like, we've been brainwashed not to get the money. Well, and so, just, just for me not being over there, when you say my painting from gold, just my mind frame, that's about 70, 80 years ago. I don't think exactly. they all dry, dry it up. So if I go out there, I probably won't get nothing. But you doing it now, 80 years later. So exactly. just me outside, I wouldn't think about doing it because I think it's all gone. Right. The thing is, gold is a natural resource. It actually comes up through streams, through volcan volcan volcanism. And it comes through the quartz veins and it ends up in rivers. And that's how gold, and that's why they up there still getting it right now. The companies haven't stopped getting it. Like we got one of the biggest gold mines in in the United States is in Colorado. And then the other one's up in Utah and Nevada. Like gold's happening. The gold you wear around your neck, the gold chains that we, it's got silver in there. That's why you got the 24 karat to 15 karat. So like, it's just the philosophy of, do you want to go get it? And it's dangerous. And I, then when you brought up fear, like I had to conquer that fear of, Last year, I almost got bit by a rattlesnake. I literally stepped on one, bro, and had to. And there's an instinct when you hear that that tss, tss, that'll make your body actually get the fuck out of the way. And that's what happened to me. I luckily hurt my instincts kicked in and I moved fast enough. It snapped at me too, but I moved. So this year, going out, I went out with gear, like prepared for this, and like I was jumping in rivers trying to get it. I found a little bit, but. It's like one of those things, like, I challenge everything, bro. I will create my own comic book. I will create my own anime. Like, how there's supposed to be a team for everything. Bro, I'm in Colorado. There ain't no help. It's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The network out here is small for what I do. So I do everything. Like, from gaming, you know, I got my own. I do a lot out here as a black individual for the nerd community that, Everybody out here that's black or white knows Lewis because that's Lewis. Like, it's a weird thing that outside of Colorado, because I haven't traveled in the network or whatever, nobody knows who I am, where it's like kind of oversaturated with me out here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I get yeah. my money out here and then people are like, oh, and, and little posts, don't be mad because nobody's not buying your stuff. I'm like, bro, you're not buying my stuff. You're missing out. I'm not worried about you. Like, I still get money. So it's like one of those things where the internet sometimes hurts itself in its own community by, like, uh, gatekeeping us because we're not in New York at the Comic-Con. We're not at Chicago at the Comic-Con. We can't meet Fantastic Frankie and all that, bro. It's like, uh, it's a vibe. <laughs> and if you can't fit in that vibe because of where you're located, you're almost non-existent based on even on your talent or not. I don't care about your talent. It's more about who you are, where you're at networking now these days. And then your talent may come into play if you're good enough. If you're not, you'll notice people network, but they'll never get anywhere. And that's what you'll see that too. People network and rubbing elbows, but they ain't moving up further because the talent is only going to take you so far. I mean, networking is only going to take you so far until your talent kicks in. So it's a, it's a game, bro. Like people take comic book industry a little too light, I say, and uh, they try to sugarcoat it a lot. You see it a lot on posts, and they try to make it like it's the the biz, and it's like 
it is the biz if you love it, but you got to love it and you got to go get it. And it ain't easy. And it's a bunch of headache <laughs> until you get what you want. And I'm pretty sure once you get there, I've even heard Star say it ain't what you thought it still was going to be. And I'm pretty sure that's just how it is. But I love the game. Well, that's true. And that's the end of this segment. You know, uh, going to the next segment. It's called Back Issues. Of course. Oh, snap. Yeah, of course, you're, you're in comics and whatnot. So you're all familiar with Back Issues. Yeah. But for people who are not familiar with Back Issues, you know, if you want to know by Kara's origin story, um, like the Green Hornet, you'll go back to his Back Issues to find out more about his origin story. So on the this brown segment, Hornet. Green Hornet. Like the, the white from the guy white guy with, with Bruce yeah, the white, Lee, yeah, the white guy Bruce Lee. But no, no, right, let's, cool, let's, cool. Take, let's, let's take it farther back. Cause we talking about back still, back issues, right? Let's take it back to the, the radio uh, skit. So the Green Hornet, <laughs> take it back to, when he was just on the radio. You had to tune in, <laughs> listen to it. Hence how Bill Cosby got his, you know. But you know, that's yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Other, no, no, I know story. about that. I know yeah, about yeah, that yeah. actually. It's tight that you know. You know what I'm saying? Hey, like, it's tight that you got that history. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we're going to go back, your uh, back issues to find out more about your origin story. So you ready? Okay. All right. Uh, where are you from? What do you call your hood? I'm from Montbello. It's funny. There's a hood in Mont in Colorado called Montbello. The name of it just sounds black. It's Mexican though. <laughs> <laughs> but the way we say it out here, you could tell that everybody in the neighborhood is black because we're from the Bell side. Mm -hmm. So that's what we call it, Bell side. Montbello, Colorado. It's interesting enough. I grew up with uh, the CEO of Revolt TV. Like that's my friend. Growing up, we did Taekwondo okay. together. Um, he still reps Colorado and Montbello too. Um, it's a small community of Black people out in Colorado. Um, his name is Dave Samuels. He like runs Revolt TV right now. It's like youngest Black CEO. Went to elementary school with the kid. Played with him. We was like in bunch of bunch of shit. It's just a small community. And there's black people in Colorado, but the network is just so small. That's why I said everybody already knows me out here. Yeah, that's that's dope. That's dope. Y'all still keep in touch? Yeah, I actually messaged him because he was taking a picture with Michelle Obama and her, the singer. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, because I had seen him at a Juneteenth down here. Cause that's how small, like we used to have in Colorado in our uh, Juneteenth five points area, we used to be the black Harlem for the central of Colorado. I mean, for the central of the United States. So if you was on the East coast, you stopped in our five points area. If you was black, you know how you got the black hubs or the, the green book right now, where the places you could stop for black people, the five points area in Denver, Colorado was where um, that was one of those spots. And we held the five points there. I bumped into them on Juneteenth. He just was walking through and I'm like, yo, they talk. And he's like, bro, good catch. Like nobody knew who he is because people know rappers. They don't know CEOs. Like our community is a little weird about the way we think about power when his power level is over 9,000. You know what I'm saying? But they look, they know rappers. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. know the basketball stars. Yeah, it's like in Atlanta too. Like, uh, uh. Oh, I can't think of his name. His name, his name just slipped my mind. But he used to do work with Jermaine Dupri. Mm -hmm. God, I can't think of the guy's name. But I used to walk. Uh, well, I used to walk by him all the time, and it was like, yeah, this is day party. I was like, okay, cool. But eventually, something came on VH1, and it was like, oh yeah, you know, he's the producer and stuff with Jermaine Dupri. I was like, that's crazy. 
I, I was around him all the time. Never knew like <laughs> how big he was. Um, same thing as uh, Ian Burt. Um, I got an argument with him before uh, because he wouldn't let me in a VIP section to go talk to Waka Flocka's mom. That is hilarious, and bro. And I was like, I'm like, I can buy, I can like, I got money in my pocket. Like, I can buy anything. I just need to go to talk to him because you know I work for Brit Squad. Da, 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 I need to go in here, and he was like, get real mad. So I was like, how much you want, bro? Da, da, da. I got right here. Like, let me go in here and I to talk. <laughs> then, uh, uh, I don't know, the TLC movie came out or some documentary. And he was up there talking about TLC. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I chucked this man off. And he, he was the he guy. He just didn't know who he was. Like, yeah. exactly. Like, the whole thing was, like, we literally went to Chuck E. Cheese together. We were sandbox homeboys. Oh, like, man. I got a trophy right now, like a Taekwondo trophy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mess up my camera view, but I got a little Taekwondo trophy up there next to that Battle Chasers book behind the Star yeah. Trek ship. But uh, I had to go against him. And dude never, he was a straight-A student, bro. That's why he's where he's at right now. He's, like, super smart. And I don't think we as a community value education, but I've seen it firsthand with him. You know what I'm saying? I've seen people try to do the athlete thing in the hood. And people go do the track thing and try to, and we have some stars, bro. We literally had some stars, but the academics make it, you know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day. And so it was even then he was like, yeah, I'm not doing Taekwondo no more. And I'm just like, why not? And I'm just like, why are you quitting? And he's just like, it's just not for me. And then he didn't go to the same school, middle school and like evolved, never seen the kid again. His parents wouldn't let him hang out with everybody else or nothing, bro. He just like, evolved you know what i'm saying so that's that's i think everybody has that point where we kind of limit our abilities through access of things and by our environment i'm kind of in the mental state though like I'm, i feel like i've always been limitless i'm trying to win video game tournaments put out you more comic books <laughs> i did not try yeah exactly appreciate it um put out my own comic books uh i do my own animation i want to do film that's the only reason i'm doing comic books is because it's the stepping stone as we see how marvel ended up being like the biggest thing since film i knew that was going to happen one day bro i just wanted to be part of it you know what i'm saying so like realistically i'm stuck in colorado is what it feels like i know there's opportunities outside i know i need to leave but yeah you can get you know stuck like you're saying in these little different worlds we live in not knowing who you need to know to get to the right places you know what i'm saying uh speaking of revolt you, you know uh, uh what 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 got you liking music what got you liking the genre of music you listen to or doing music or anything i actually rap <clears throat> i uh this is all studio equipment like my mic and everything that's what took me so long to get set up I don't have like a normal podcast <laughs> uh, setup where it's just like quick turn it on. I had to like go grab the mic out of the closet and then like move my keyboard over and then redo some wires because my wire I was using for the mic cord, you know, was being used for my printer, for my scanning, <laughs> for my drawing. So I'm oh, like, hey, yeah, yeah, you know, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just like uh, my love for music comes from like freestyling, bro. I've always been like in little freestyle competitions growing up in the neighborhoods and smoke back sessions that, on the green box, box. Right? <laughs> exactly back on the green box and like like i said there's just a hood around here so like we have like a lot of people that 
uh, the guy who found Jay Z is from Aunt Bella. Oh, Big John I think, Pratt. I, I think I think I think he said in the in the verse one time. Yep, the guy who found Jay Z is from this town. There's so many uh, people that are from John Cheadle from Colorado. Uh, there's a lot of people that are from here. Uh, He's Pam Greer. He's a scroll. <laughs> I didn't watch it, bro. I skipped the whole TV show because they had that AI intro. Yeah. I didn't watch it. I still haven't watched it. And like, I kind of am as an artist right now. First, you know, I'm kind of fighting against AI. Every asset that I can, I don't believe in it at all. Like, it's kind of just, it's a manipulative tool, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, what got you in the comics? Or, like, what uh, was a comic book or a comic like, TV show? What got you in the comic book? Uh, I would say my interest to draw got me into comics. Um, like, I started drawing Ninja Turtles. Like, I'll put the paper up to the TV. He-Man and Ninja Turtles. I would literally stick the paper on the TV and, like, try to trace the mugs while the cartoon was moving. And my mom was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm trying to draw these because I want to do this. Like, I knew what I was trying to wanted to do always. So I was trying to draw the people as they were moving. My mom was like, stop it. And then so like when I was in a 7-Eleven, I was like, can I get a comic book? And she knew why I wanted it right away. She's like, this boy loves to draw. He keep trying to draw on TV. He wants some reference material. My mom was a Dungeon and Dragon player. I didn't know what oh, a blurred my. was. Yeah, I didn't know what a blurred was. Like she was naturally a Dungeon and Dragon player, and had the boxes. And I used to lose the dice and stuff because I just thought they was shiny toys. So like, I had that whole environment around me growing up. And so when I wanted a comic book, no brainer. She just start copying them for me, bro. So like. And I started getting in, just drawing, like, what I would see out of the comic books. And then first I was tracing them. And then, like, within a week, I was like, I ain't tracing no more. <laughs> like, within the first week, I was like, I'm going to do this. So that's what got me into comics, man. I just, it was natural. Like, my mom was a blurred before it was a statement. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So when the thing came out and people were calling it that, I was just like, eh. That's how I am about these type things. I'm like, we've been here. Eh. You know, call it what you want. Since you, since you listen to the show, I, I appreciate that's why you brought it up. Cause you know, the next question is when when did you find out you was a blur? But it seemed like you, you know you always do because your mom was you know. Role I playing. actually didn't know that was coming, bro. I really didn't know it was coming. <laughs> like I didn't. It's my yeah. superpowers, bro. Yeah. Uh, nah, that's when I I didn't know I was a blur until y'all told me I was a blur. Let's put it that way. You know what I'm saying? If that's if that's the real the real behind it. Like I knew I was a blurred from high school when that was like, Oh, Lewis draw. He draw them comic books. You going to put out a comic book one day. Yeah. And it was like, I'm going to do that. It was just said, like everybody knew what I draw. They knew I could draw anything. They would come to me for a picture of Tupac and stuff like that, or a Timberland boot and just stuff like that. But they knew I didn't like drawing that stuff. Cause it was like, eh, I'm trying to draw these comic books. I'm trying to write stories. I'm trying to make movies. I'm trying to, you know. So, like, I didn't know I was blurred and been, like, classified by the people until the term came out. And I really don't like classifications. But, yeah, when the people start classifying us as that, that's when I knew I was blurred. Yeah, I went through that whole picture drawing thing, too. Like, uh, I can draw. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not the best. 
Hey, don't draw. you draw these uh, intros? What don't you, you draw all the pictures for the the people? I know, in the... I don't. I don't. Vince White does that. Okay, it's pretty but good. I, I mean, but I could though. But I mean, I was just curious if I, that was you. That's why I didn't. I mean, yeah, yeah, interrupt you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I. I it seems I could. I could save me some money. But but it's 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 cool because you know, uh. I guess showcase other artists or whatever, and they'll whatever. No, it's cool. And, and people like it, but uh, uh, I used to draw. Well, I, I still can't draw. I don't draw because I got kids and time and people artwork look better than mine. But in eighth grade, uh, so I used to draw anyway, Batman, Superman, whatever, growing up. Mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z came out. Then we always try to draw like Goku, Super Saiyan, yeah. Gohan, Super Saiyan 5, and stuff like that. So I was already drawing like the anime looking faces and stuff like that. I figured it out. Like I went from like drawing triangles to figure out, oh, it's it's like a uh a tra- uh trapezoid and stuff like that. Yep. Be able to smooth it out. Uh then sixth, seventh grade happened. I'm drawing like regular stuff because you know I, I think I really can draw. Uh Hey, you're doing more than most. That's what you yeah. realize though. You're doing more than most. Like that's the thing about art. I don't care what any when a person is putting a pencil to the paper, you're yeah. doing more than most. So my like, bad, continue. I me- like I remember uh I believe it was seventh grade. I wanna say eighth grade. We was drawing something. I think she wanted us to draw like a whole bunch of spirals or something that exercise was. So just being a nerd, I drew Shimron. And she was like, oh, my yeah, God. The dragon, yeah. Yeah, she was like, oh, my God, look at this. And she was so amazed. And I was like, I just drew the whole bunch of circles and, and drew the scales and with the dragon with the uh, the um, the antlers on it. But right at the same time, that's when Full Metal Alchemist and Naruto got popular. Okay. And then everybody was paying me to draw pictures of Naruto or... Uh, uh, I think his name is Al from Full Metal Alchemist and stuff like that. You know, and I was like, okay, because it was easy. Same yeah. face, same face, same different character. It's anime character faces. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of easy to get with. Yeah. yeah. So I did that, but then I got high school, and I, I don't think I drew it at all in high school. I think I drew like a picture of Ludacris one time in high school. I don't think I drew it in high school. But yeah, just because they had other things going on. <laughs> See, it's funny you mentioned that. Like, I don't know if we're about to go to another segment or not, but it's funny you mentioned that because, like, I don't have kids, bro. I don't have a family because I put all the I put all it into the comics. Like, people don't don't understand like how much time it takes to do art, and so like, I don't have I've had a relationship where I was supposed to get married, but it was she wasn't gonna help the art. And I knew that, so I just the relationship didn't work out. Like so, like everything I do is because I know this is what I want to do, not because like oh I'm just into comic books because it's a fad. Like nah, I was born to do this shit. Like even when I went to go copyright the Brown Hornet name, it was like my name is Lewis Brown. I rap by Brown Hornet. I was already rapping, like I said. Okay. So I rap by Brown Hornet. Everybody knows me by Brown Hornet. Easy marketing. I checked the name. Trademark expired. They're not using this shit. You got to pay for that shit every year, especially if you're not using it. So you got to pay for it every year. They're not paying for it. You know what it, I'm saying? It expired because he was in jail, man. No, it was inspired <laughs> before that. That was the whole thing. That's the whole thing. I did copyright this in uh, 2014. Okay. I copyrighted the name a long time ago because I knew what I was going to do. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And like when he got in trouble... 
bruh, it fucked up everything. I put it on it, like, it fucked up a lot of shit. Like, the money was like, I had the money coming to me, bruh. And then he gets in trouble. And I didn't even launch my Kickstarter till literally when he got in trouble was when my Kickstarter dropped. So I had a Kickstarter going about Brown Hornet while this dude's on trial or right after some shit. And so I'm like, I wonder how the people going to take this. I still got it backed. But, bro, I had people in the comments talking some shit, though. It was like they was really like, oh, it's Bill Cosby. No, I want nothing to do with it. You talking about Brown Hornet for Fat Albert? And it's not that. It's not even that at all. I just want the name. I bought my name. Like, I'm on some black people need to own shit type shit. And so the brown name from history came through slaves when they needed to actually have last names and they gave us all last names. Browns chose the name Brown based off the skin color. And then there was the John Brown revolt where a lot of people joined that revolt to go free other slaves. So I'm about that. Like, I bought my name back. I don't want him to have it. I saved the superhero. People don't realize I saved the superhero that's dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm about a different frame of thinking than most. So a lot of it went over people's heads. And it was like some of the old heads, though, that saw me at Comic-Cons out here, because there are black people here. So at Comic-Con out here, sold, 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 sold. Like, if you see the book, which I'll bring it out, actually, it's right here. Like, it's a 88-page comic book people missing out on. Like, a full-colored, like, comic book. People just okay. missing out because of popularity and who's who on Facebook and who's rubbing elbows at this convention. And it's just like, bruh, you are slipping. Like, I can't, I ain't gonna, I ain't even gonna big up my own product. I'm just say you're slipping. Like, I ain't got nothing to say, but it's good and people like it, but you're missing out. It's just how it is. the internet, though, is with the community... We need to fix that. I don't know what it is, but we need to fix it. Like we get the same people talked about and I am not hating on like the Greg Elises and the uh, Harriet Tubman's Demon Slayers, but we talk about these same creators in a repetitive pattern to the point it doesn't give anybody else any shine. Like, we're we, we, we going there. Let me go to my next segment, you know. We're going there. All right, bet, bet, talk, bet. I want to talk about that too because it's about one of them creators, I don't think you said the person's name, but they get talked about a lot. And I asked a couple comic book shops that their books in. Uh, they didn't. The, the comic book shop owner didn't even tell me. Uh, I didn't ask the comic. They comic book uh, owners like, yeah, this is our indie section, you know, whatever. And this book, this book, but this book. And I'd be like, oh, what about that book? Say, so, yeah, people don't really buy that book. But uh, Facebook, everybody's on it. But we getting that. But okay. next, our next segment is called, um, uh, oh man, hotkeys. Okay. Uh, being in music, you might know about hotkeys. You know, that's yeah. the button the DJs play, um, press to make a certain song or a certain part of the song come up during, you know, the party to get the folks live yeah, and jumping. Yeah, yeah. A break. Um, also, in comic books, it's key issues, you know, uh, with a new author, a new author, a new artist get on a project or uh, uh, a character is in introduced. And like nowadays, you know, it might become a TV show or, you know, a movie. You want to get that key issue as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in this show, this is uh, about talking points, that questions that, you know, you want to talk about or, or points you want to talk about and stuff I formulated from, you know, just talking to you a few minutes ago that okay. I came up with that, you know, people need to hear about doing this interview. 
So All right, cool. With that being said, let me see what you really said. The question was, I didn't write it now. Uh, uh, let's see. You said. All right. So let's talk about the, uh, the, the, the politics and networking of comics, you know, so far in the comic book community. Uh, you was, you were just saying certain people get talked about so much, right? Like, yeah. Um, so when I got into the industry, you know, immediately, you know, Tuskegee Airs, um, Harriet Tubman, Vampire Slayer, Demon Slayer, that, that got me because that was a good, cool concept. It's the ski airs, Harry Tubman. There's one more. Oh, you know, Black Sand. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's one more. Uh, oh. I can't think about the fourth one. I think maybe it was that Black Cotton book. I'm not sure. Was it Black? Well, Black uh, Cotton is a book. Yeah, black a black artist, you know. No, I, you know that book that's just called Black? Well, was yeah, it that? that? I haven't read that one yet. I'm trying to get a okay. hold of it. I think, I think I have white, but I don't have black. I'm trying to get a hold of it. It's crazy. But um, those are the things I heard about. Okay. But when I go to get on books, it's real hard for me to get them. It was like super hard. Like, okay. the only reason I got the Harriet Tubman book, um, I think... 133 art or whatever it's called was doing like a package deal where I got one in tears and I got a whole bunch of random books and it was inside uh, that. There's one there. And the Tuskegee Air, I mean, website always um, sold out. Um, Kickstarter barely happens. Uh, these comic cons, you know, I couldn't go because COVID, so wasn't going to right. comic book conventions for, for to get the books. Um, I got my first issue of that this year maybe in the springtime at a comic book shop i bought it from the the black comic book shop in atlanta he had you plenty just find of a random issue or you just oh, found them all oh, he, had, he had all of them because i think they're from okay. atlanta so it's, okay it's full, yeah it's that makes sense stopped. so i got one but that's all you hear about then it wasn't until um, i got in i started hearing about more people like i came in the game with uh with concrete concrete comics you know okay. wingless comics uh, who else came out at the same time I did? Uh, uh, was it well, Midnight, Midnight Comics? They came out like a year after me. Uh, Homeless Homeboy, if you know who that is. Uh, Heard of him. And one more. We all came around the same time. Uh, of course, Concrete and Wingless, you know, <laughs> out of here now. We all came at the same time. Then now that's the names you hear all the time. And, and of course you hear, you know, that um, Danny J. Quick, you know, the Morgan Iverson, you hear them, their names and you hear uh, certain other people, uh, Five Star, you know. Oh, the other book was, um, oh man, uh, the, the, the the Spirit Destiny, the, that, that, that stuff. That was the first book you was talking about you couldn't remember? Yeah, Spirit, Spirit Destiny. Destiny. Yeah, okay. That, I ended up getting that, I ended up getting both of those book are both for that books that she wrote or whatever. But uh those names you heard all the time. And when, you, when the newspaper came out, you hear them now. And the new there's some people you hear recently, but it's all you hear about. But it's, it's right. Facebook groups everywhere, but all these people and 
I don't know, just because I'm on the East Coast, but a lot of these people are on the East Coast. Now you hear about the Impound Comics, uh, you know, uh, Kyron, um, Silver, uh, I guess yourself, who is over there, Royal House Comics, uh, who is on the West Coast? Godhood, he's he's over here, but you hear about him now. Uh, so other I'm ones, actually but... mention like not to cut you off. This is very like important where you're at in your in your conversation because like I reached out to Fantastic Frankie and I was like, "Yo, it seems like everybody that's getting shine is on the East Coast, like, and none of the nobody on the West Coast, like other Black people. Is this about Black people or is this the East Coast West Coast thing? Because this ain't hip hop. We should be like united. Like it shouldn't be." like that and when you said dude moved over he now he's over here with us he's on the east coast and like i was gonna move over there i shouldn't have to like it just that's ridiculous bro that is really ridiculous that it's the it's the obvious mindset that oh i gotta go get over i gotta go live and move my whole life over there in a digital age too where like you said like you couldn't even get tuskegee airs books until you know you was already out there because you was out there like realistically i um did an interview no i didn't do an interview some um i can't remember the group but it's like black superheroes um one of the facebook groups the dude rich interviewed my book and he reviewed it and he was like well first thing we did was look to see if there was any brown hornet books to or if this was the very first one and it was I did my research before I created it and it was just dope to see somebody actually do their research to see if I was the first. And it was, he was like, everybody needs to be talking about this. Da, 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 da. And it's like, nobody's going to talk about it till I appear on the East coast on some weird voodoo shit. Like, like, why is that the case? It shouldn't be that when we all are each other's friends, we all know each other. Well, and like, well, my got- shit, well y'all, well, y'all, well, y'all got stuff that I don't have access either too, like that Black Star Collectibles place out there. I'll I'm not out even in Cali though. I'm not in Cali. I'm in Colorado. I don't have it's access. Next, it's, it's it's right next door though. It's not, bro. Like I go up to the mountains. Like you got to get past the mountains <laughs> to oh, get man. to all that. Like people don't realize we are separated from a lot of stuff in Colorado because we got the mountain range. Like if you want to just drive out there, like. In another part of the U.S., you could just drive right over there. You can't just drive through the mountains like that. You got to take a flight or take your time <laughs> to get through the mountains. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's no excuse to not travel, but I ain't economically, I'm unemployed right now. Like, everybody ain't got the means to do what Greg at least does. We don't, I was bugging him, playing with him. Like, bro, how you getting them flight tickets? Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I don't, it's a I joke. Don't know, I don't know about him. <laughs> I don't know about him, but I listen to a podcast with another creator. So what they're doing is telling these comic conventions like, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm Sprex Thompson. You know, I got this book. You know, I come to the convention. You know, people going to show up because of me. Uh, pay for my room or pay for my flight. And, you know, I come to the convention. Yeah, that's the way to yeah. do it, too. But yeah, I mean, I, I ain't no shoot. I'm cough- I mean, I haven't been to the convention yet. But uh, the convention I was me part of, I gave him the money and it got canceled. <laughs> so like, oh, man. now, yeah, I mean a thing like, should I get my money back or should I wait the next year when they said they're going to make it bigger and better? Cause you know. Yeah. So you still have a spot. I feel you. Yeah. They said I get money back in what? 
90 days. And I was like, 90 days. <laughs> yeah, you just have to wait for your money in 90 days anyway or just get yeah, back in next year. Yeah, so I'm, I'm in that situation. But I haven't been to a comic book convention at, at, with a table. So, like, I've been peeping the scene out and seeing how I would do it. And I'm ready to do it. I do my first one, which is local, uh, in September. But, See? like, but, like. Cool. I really didn't see it was worth it. You know, I didn't see it was worth it until, you know. All right, so I say this. Do the biggest one you can. Don't do one of the small ones because it will break your spirit. Like, I'm for real. So, like, I've I got these right here because people I be in debates with online because I be looking for work. And I'll be like, yo, where's that work? They'd be like, you haven't put in the work. I'm like, yeah, just because you didn't come to Denver. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, bro, I've been at every Comic-Con out here for seven years and tabled and had a booth every single year and made a thousand plus over the two-day weekends off of my art. So it's like, when people say, you haven't put in the work yet, I'm like, you want me to come to the East Coast. That's all I hear because that's what it really is. They haven't seen me do the popular thing. And it's just like, bro, that's not what the book is about. You get what I'm saying? Like, we are selling the wrong thing these days like and i don't like that yeah i was getting a lot of hate because i wasn't a convention you know i i come from the music industry so like uh me and homeless homeboy the guy who does homeless homeboy you know uh we both come from the music industry it was like we ain't, we ain't paying them prices we finna go with our books and our book bag and just sell the people who's walk around the comic convention and people hated that idea hated that whole concept you know of of, of doing it the people you walked up to, or no? People, I, I, you know, I asked advice. You know, hey, you think if I put my books, my book bag, and just sell a convention, can I do that? And people online was like slaughtering, like us, like don't do that. You, you cheating the the, the people who actually spent their money, have a booth and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, just because you got hit with the scheme, you know what I mean? I gotta get hit right. With it too. Nah, that's real, bro. I mean, get but, your hustle. Um, I went to it was a comic convention. It was like. Walking Dead with comic books together, and I seen you know they're they're doing selling homeless homeboy. I just I just book bag, you know. I just went there with my okay. family to peep out because that was my first convention I ever been to. So I'm seeing how the scene is, and I could see the reaction of the people he was selling to. Like he w it was kind of pushy, but you know he was making sales. So I was like, hmm, it's not that it's a bad idea. It's just pushy. A because I see people. There who don't care about any comics in general. Okay, they're he's here, approaching, they're, yeah. Yeah, they they're here for the anime stuff. That's all the same at every booth. <laughs> or they're here for they want to take a picture with freaking Glenn from Walking Dead. Yeah. They're not they're not here for for that. That. So I was like, okay, now I see that part of it. Then on the flip side, I see Bobby J over here with this white table with two books on it with no with nothing. Trying to sell the book and say, "Hey, how you doing? You don't want to look approachable to do it." And I see uh, Godhood comics. He got his table covered. He got his backdrops, cutout stuff, and he's pushing books out. And I was like, "Oh, okay." So the smoke and mirror thing. So you look big, professional. You're gonna sell. You know, no matter how the book looks, they don't know if you next on Netflix or not. So there's a psychological thing to trick people though, because I've done it seven years in a row. You don't actually need any of that. I You just need good product. So what I mean by that is 
I've boofed and had a table every year. And like you said, there'll be the people that have their banners flapped over the table and the, the backdrops. And then they got the white, you know, fence things holding up the stuff, bro. It kills them every time because I'll walk up to the white table with just my name on there and lay out 10 pictures, black and white. And people will just see me and I'll stand in front of the table. And people will just like see me and I'm black. You know, there's a lot of white people out here at these conventions. So they see me and then I'm like, yo, come here, come take a look at my work. And then they look at the work versus the people that are at the table and they got all that fancy stuff. They're not talking to people, bro. They're sitting there sketching, doing this most of the time and whatnot. And so like I'm off, I've drawn all day. I'm always drawing. So when I'm finally there, I'm never drawing at a convention. I don't do sketches. I don't do none of that. I'm selling. I'm selling everything, trying to get out there to go have fun. So like I lay out there with nothing. Now I'm trying to get a banner and everything else because if I travel everywhere else, I can't use the same strategy. I know it's a psychological thing because I'm the only black guy out here. And they like, oh, he looks poor. And then they see the work and they like, God damn, God damn. They literally be like that. They be like, bro, this is, and then they'll do the, I'm going to go walk around and look at everything else. And your my prices, I beat everybody in prices because I don't gouge in price. I'll charge five, 10 bucks for a print that I got for $2, but sell a hundred of them. Wow. This dude at the table got a $30 print. He cannot sell one because they're looking at my art versus his. And they're like, nah, fool, this black dude over here is dope. So like there is a psychological thing about boofing and comic conning and that's why i said do a big one when i was saying don't do a small one because it'll hurt your uh spirits because i've done small ones and i'll sell like one pick two picks but when i'm at comic con bro it's like i gotta go restock at the end of the day i gotta go hit up the print shop you know what i'm saying so it's a difference depending on the venue and like you're saying we both come back from a hip-hop background i agree with you on the backpack and the comic book stuff because when Comic Pecan is not popping out here in Colorado, if I don't go to the bars and become Lewis Brown, the hip hop Brown Hornet person, and that actually draws to and sell the comic books at the bars, the books don't sell. Because I'd have to rely on the black groups on Facebook and they don't buy. So I'm out there doing what you said that, you know, the backpack thing, because it works though. It's just yeah. you got to be in the right environment. Yeah, I used to... Um, where you're so rare. Last year, I was literally getting my uh, plastic little container and got my books and posters in, right? I was putting it in the back of my my my, uh, my truck and going to pull up in Walmart right beside the cart rail because everybody got to put their carts up. Yeah. Sitting right there with the trunk open, selling my book, and I was making like $100 a day. Nice. See, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. Like... It's a hip hop mindset, but there's, I noticed there's people that have did hip hop in art, in the blurred side. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure there's rock and roll people over there, but we and hip hop sold out the trunk. Like I'm like, it's a whole different mindset when you've done hip hop and you take that mindset to your sales. Cause we know how to sell because we got that hustle. We can't be shy. It's hard to be a hip hop artist and be shy. So that leaves. So like they go, he got an ego, and I'm like, nah, bro, I come from hip hop. <laughs> they don't understand the, it's not an ego. I just come from hip hop, where if I look soft, I look soft. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? I can't look vulnerable as a hip hop, you know, that mantra or whatever, that, that, that illusion. So, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I think it, we, there's, there's mental games you can play throughout this whole thing, but you got to play them in the right spots. You can sell out the trunk, like you said, at Walmart, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't do that at Comic-Con though, you know, like at the Comic-Con, but you might sell at Comic-Con. You saying, I saying I wouldn't do it, but that might be where you sell. Like, I don't think there's rules for this shit. Well, and that's the conventions I've been to, um, like I said, I haven't hit my table yet, but uh, what's a big one you would know? I think in that same location, so it don't matter. Momocon <laughs> and DragonCon, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You probably got to walk 10 minutes before you even get inside the convention. Oh, okay. That walk, in that walk, you just pass through so many people in costume and doing stuff. So I'm pretty sure half of people didn't buy tickets. And I couldn't mm-hmm. set up Indian style center floor real and sold shit. some books right there. Nah, real shit. It was so many people. It was so many people outside in like the uh, walking to there in a little grassy no area in between the convention and the hotel. It's so many yeah. people. So I was like, I know half these people didn't buy tickets. Yeah, some of the people got money and they ain't, they don't feel like they want the atmosphere. You know, they're about to go spend the money outside outside go get some food outside because it's cheaper and better usually you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. convention food don't be the best ever and then so like yeah i mean i could see that being a vibe bro so like i think i don't know there's these smoke and mirrors in comics there's a lot of smoke and mirrors and i don't like rules because i always felt like comic books is where there should be no rules like it's the <laughs> it's the sex drugs and rock and roll like leaving the the hip-hop side of it but yeah comic books was always sex drugs and rock and roll to me you know what i'm saying so like when i see blurs come in trying to be super corporate about it not not handle their business but corporate like they want to put like uh not safe for work stamp on everything you know what i'm saying i don't like that because i'm like nah bro that's just not soft i'm just not into that that's not what i do it's not what I got into comics for. Like, Wolverine has claws. I always thought there should be blood somewhere. You know what I'm saying? We all do. We know how the game is. It's comics. Uh, speaking about, you know, we came from hip-hop or whatever. Um, again, like, selling, you know, CDs out the trunk, selling my books out of the trunk or whatever. Um, going back in early interview, you were talking about the relationship between a writer and artist and colorist and, you know, inker and stuff. Um, uh, I compare a lot of that to the music industry, uh, which while my character, you know, Chaz, the few secret identity, he's a he's a musical engineer because uh, people don't talk about engineers in, in hip hop. You talk about the rapper, the producer, you know, maybe the songwriter. Right. Nobody talks about the guy in the studio recording these people. Yeah, got to make it sound good. Yeah. So like when you saying you can use like a relationship, you know, I was thinking about you know, uh, you said the writer gets the all uh, the uh the glory and you can say that by the writer is the rapper you know the uh the anchor you know he's probably the, the producer you know mm-hmm. and so on so on so like the, the far you go down yeah, and the arts the beat yeah i, I can see that yeah and they yeah. need to ride the beat so yeah <laughs> so i mean so like um what you do in art it's like somebody making beats, like, oh, make that, Timberland make that, oh, man, dope. I can hear the snare drums and how he did the breakdown and stuff like that. 
But then you'd be like, oh, who was on that song? Oh, oh, Timberlake was on that song. Cool. He's a popular one. Yeah, we know who uh, Timberland is, but just Timberlake's the one who gets all the fame. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing in comics. You know, uh, I joke in these little comic book groups, they talking about uh, black artists and black writers, or whatever. And, and they'd be like, get your top five. And they'd be like, oh, uh, uh, and not at a weird spider, da 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 da. Like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> what about the ones who who's in DC and Marvel, like for real right now? Like, which ones you yeah. like? You like, and you don't know about them. You don't. Yeah, yeah, because they don't read. Some of them don't read. Read like, bro, like, like for real. Like, I got a stack here right now of just old school comics. Like, just I got comics around me because I read comics. Like, I got the new books. I stopped buying since I've been unemployed for the past couple months, but I got damn near every book. Got Miles' first appearance, you know, all that. So it's like when I see what what you're talking about, where it's like these people want to get into comics and they don't have what I call like the hundred percent passion. You know what I'm saying? They 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 like it. They want it. They see an opportunity to get their written stories out, but that's not what they do. It shows in their work, like because if you haven't studied the craft of what you're trying to do, as soon as you start to get it translated into that, it shows. It really does. Like, like I said, I do it. I do everything. Like I, I wasn't the best uh, letterer in my first book. In this first book, I wasn't the best uh, letterer. I perfected that shit the entire time, so that when these next books drop, though, my my lettering is on point because I respect letterers. You know, after seeing like the technical thing that they do letterers never get props you see them around oh i letter if anybody needs any help lettering nobody ever takes them up you know what i'm saying but they probably shouldn't try to check out some of their samples because when they get to that point of development they're gonna need the dude or they're gonna have to learn what he learned literally there's no way around it, you know what I'm saying? So, like, there's a lot of people that don't get credit. Writers do get a lot more credit than than the whole process. I recently been in the inbox of Rodney Barnes, um, Reginald Hudlin, and Dennis Cowan. Like, just sending them samples because it's like, yo, how do I get work? Like, I see... You guys use the same people over and over. And the same people that they are hiring are the same people that the black face group book groups used on like the same books for the covers. And it's just like, it's just like the same shit. Like not saying that it's bad work, but you guys are down this same pipeline of picking stuff. And well, well uh, in the interview, I'll probably drop in tomorrow or something like that. Uh, I interviewed um, this lady, and she worked for, like, Boom, Image, stuff like that. And she told me why it's happening. It's literally, like, they working, and they be like, oh, I need something. Oh, yeah, Lewis over there, give it to him real quick. And they, it's, cause it, it's, they're right there. They're not venturing out. Like, they're not – they are going to Facebook groups and Twitter and looking for stuff, but it is so much easier, like, just give it to him. Like, he, he's right there. Like, go, like they, don't, they don't even try. I agree, I, I agree that it's and I agree. I mean, that's I don't I don't I don't disagree with that mindset. My thing is 
bro, I came into their inbox and I said, and this has happened twice to me. This is why I don't know three times where they tell you as a comic book artist at conventions, oh, you need to talk to editors if you want to get in to Marvel or DC. So, and when I talked to Jim Lee, he was like, oh, we're just worker bees, bro. This was Jim Lee before he's Jim Lee now because he was out here in Colorado. And he was like, we're just worker bees, bro. We can't hire anybody. He was 100. He's this the realest dude you can meet. He was like, bro, you're lazy and you got all this talent. You don't draw every day? And I was like, nah, I draw on the weekends. He was like, bro, he was mad at me. And I, from that day forward, I drew every single day. But he was like, we're worker bees. We don't have the ability to hire anybody. So you should talk to people who can hire people. So then what I did with that thought process and that that's plain common sense. I start talking to editors like the editor for Top Cow, um, uh, Matt Hawkins and like Reginald Hudlins and that, et cetera. The odd thing is they go with. I show them the pick first. This is awesome. Like I could pull up the post, but I'm not going to do that. This is awesome artwork. Da, 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 da. I'll type back. I'm not posting this for likes on Facebook. I wanted to know if you wanted to use this on your next book. I really like it, but I don't pick the artwork. <laughs> Asked uh, Dennis Cowan to do it, you know, to, to approve it or whatever. I messaged the artist then at that point, and they just don't reply back. I did that twice, bro. Like, and like, I don't know if it's because other artists are like, bro, I'm trying to eat over here. I ain't trying to share no covers with you. I don't know what it is. It's just weird that it's a big circle of cat and mouse of Jim Lee's like, go talk to editors. Everybody tells you talk to an editor if you want to get hired. Then you talk to the editors, the editor that I've talked to specifically. But it, but they say, I'm not an artist. Go talk to an artist to get hired. I'm just like, what the fuck? But you can you can bring it back full circle. The music industry the same way. You go up to you know Jay Z and be like, "Hey, this is my my record." And they be like, "Uh, you know, I'm just so go talk to so and so." When you keep doing that same thing, they be like, "Okay, talk to an A&R person." The A&R person be like, "Well, I don't know. I got to talk to Jay Z." You know, <laughs> it be it be the same thing. Like they just push it off, push it off, push it off. Um, all right. The only thing I don't, I don't know what to do myself no like, i know you don't I, yeah, I mean i just like, i just like i think the only way to do it is for likes maybe like until you get that's that for real like that's kane and white kane yeah. white's the homeboy bro kane and white like literally i i can kind of mix up my style and draw like anything bro i've been drawing comics since i was fucking nine so i can draw like any type of style of comic i was going to start drawing a more ink style like kanan and because I can do it. And I was just like, well, if he's not getting any jobs and he's putting out picks every fucking day and like we would chat and I'm, I would ask him, like, I'll be in the DMs like, bro, are you getting any work? And he was like independent. And he wouldn't really say, no, I was asking about Marvel and DC. He knew what I was asking. He, he'd be like, nah, it's independent stuff. I'm getting but I'm good, though. And he said he was good. And I'm like, that's cool. That's how it is as an independent artist. You're going to I do tattoos. I do anything. You get good and you get money, bro. So it's like, I'm like, are you getting any Marvel or DC shit though? Like, and then it wasn't until Dennis Cowan and Reginald Hudlin came into play that you really saw Kanan get his shine. And it's like, sometimes black people got to look out for each other, bro. And that's just all that was somebody black 
already knew. We all know in the community, Kanan was dope. Black people looked out for each other and got him on a book. It's not that hard. It really isn't. Like when it comes to talent. And I think it's just more politics behind it than anything. Like, you know, I think there is this, who's this brown hornet dude? And why does he have brown hornet on everything? Like there is some politics behind this, bro. Like that don't want, people don't want to talk about. And it's just like, we are adults. Like you having this conversation with me right now, you see, I'm not a villain. <laughs> it's just like, yo, we human, like there's things we can fix in the community to make it a whole lot better. There should be a black image comics at this point. We shouldn't be side cornering it off of DC with milestone. Like I feel we great. You know what I'm saying? But sitting up politics, one thing, you know, you talking about that whole milestone thing with um Kane, uh, going back to Tuskegee Airs, you know, uh, Greg he got to deal with milestone, but his boy Marcus didn't. I mean, Marcus probably didn't apply. <clears throat> Everybody loves Marcus' artwork, so are you gonna see Marcus on some milestone books? You know. That's the thing. You probably still will because of the internet popularity, bro. He doesn't want to be contracted as that's all that is because he's making money off of the internet so much. He doesn't need to be pulled into that at this point. Like an average person that wants some benefits and some bread, they're going to, yeah, they're going to get in on that. But Marcus specifically, because the internet has got his back so much, he doesn't have to play those games. You get what I'm saying? It's all about your your network. And so like, I would try to say, people try to say, oh, spread your stuff out more. I'm going to be 100. My whole comic book is about conspiracy stuff, bro. Like, I was talking about aliens before I was talking about comic books. Facebook was blocking my entire Kickstarter the entire time for, there was a UFC fight. And I was like, did you see the way such and such punch? Dun, dun, dun. Facebook jail, 30 days. Violence. <laughs> I'm like, what? Bro, what are y'all doing? And then there was a picture of a girl in the bathroom and she was like, this girl put a booger on the wall. I was like, girls are so nasty. Sexist. Facebook jail. 30 days. I'm like, y'all are doing this. And it was only during my Kickstarters, bro. So it was like they were... The internet does target, bro. We like literally just saw the government had a whole hearing about the UFOs. And they... Had, I don't know if you watched that. And I don't think people do or give a fuck. But I watched the hearing and they were like, yeah, we target people who talk about that shit. <laughs> we target yeah. them motherfuckers. It's a... Um... They, I was a video that was around when I was in high school, probably early college, and about the whole moon landing thing. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the astronauts says uh, they met something up there that said, "Don't come, we don't, don't come back up here now." And since then, they have not been back up there. Uh, I heard I told, about that. I told my um, wife about it one time. I had to do some deep diving, and I found a video of the guy talking about it uh, a couple years ago. You know. Just brought it back up again to show her the video. Once again, can't find the video. Now, it's ironic that now they're getting ready to go back to the moon next year. And now they're bringing up all the alien stuff. Because just being yeah. conspiracies. No, I know. Go up really. there and somebody might say, didn't we tell y'all black ass don't go up Not to come up there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so they probably get like prepping everybody for it. Like, we're we going to make contact again. Well, and, so our camera, and our camera's a lot better this time. So, you know... <laughs> Be prepared. I'm going to be 100. I didn't even have a premise for my comic book. Even when I was a, I was into comic books this whole time and drawing, I didn't know what I was going to do until I had an experience. My whole comic book is, is like a catalyst of me having an encounter, a real encounter. Like, 
I used to get sleep paralysis basically when I was a kid. Sure, people have had that before. The thing is, people never talked about it, especially in the 80s when I grew up. Like, that's just what you didn't have the internet to research or nothing. So, nobody talked about sleep paralysis. It's only newer because of we got Facebook, YouTube, and people actually using the term sleep paralysis. We all well, know back, it now. Back in the days, it's called the hag right? Hag on your chest. Yeah, yeah, the hag on your chest. And we had Miss Ford in the hood. So, bro, like when I was a kid, I used to sleep in my mom's bed because I was scared to sleep in my own room all the way up to like five. And I would get stuck in my sleep and couldn't move. And that was one of the main reasons why I would like want to sleep with my mom. Because, bro, there ain't no explanation for that when you're five, bro. Nobody's telling you it's going to happen or anything. It's just happening. And you're just like, oh, shit, am I going to die in my sleep one night? You don't know. So, like, I had to figure it out myself and I didn't tell anybody. But what happened was, and a lot of people go, oh, you're dreaming, this, this, that. What happened to me, I realized at a young age, you're not dreaming. You are wide awake because my mom was just snoring. And I was a kid and I was just sitting there like, why would my mom be snoring? And who dreams about that? That's the lamest dream ever. Like, no action, no dialogue. Like, the brain is way more creative than that. You know what I'm saying? So I sat there and watched her snore and I'm just like, I willed myself back to sleep. It kept happening to the point I was able to get out of sleep paralysis. Like I was able to like move my arm. It would shake when I would do it too. Like as I'm trying to move my arm, it would be hard from, it would cause headaches too. As I got like older around 18, there was encounters where I like caught the motherfuckers face to face with me, bro. Like dead ass. And I didn't believe, and I used to laugh at the people on TV because I didn't think that's what was happening to me. I didn't even relate the two until I saw a gray in front of my face. And it was just like, I teared up instantly, almost pissed myself in bed and had to like sit there, contemplate, not cry. But I, I literally had to, a telepathic connection that quick couple seconds. And it's weird when you're telepathically connect, tele telepathically connected to something, you share the thought. So when I said, oh, shit, it said, oh, shit, in English, just like you hear them on these UFO conferences. They're talking about how they got telepathy and shit now and they're talking about it now. It's real, bro. All that stuff in the conference. That's why it's in court. They don't just bring up shut in court. That's fake. My whole comic book was based off of that. So I was getting blocked off of the Internet. So like when people say. Oh, you need to promote your work more. They don't realize like my work is something that is vast that really probably they don't even want y'all to know about because that content that's in there. When I sent my copyright off, you heard of Chuck the Dragon Collins. He did Bounce. And I reached out to Chuck. I reached out to Greg Elise. I asked them if they got their books copyrighted. The reason I asked them that is because my copyright went to Afghanistan and took like extra long. And it literally said Afghanistan slash United States. Like they actually had to go over the content because I was talking about SETI, the space programs, and a lot of this stuff in, in the Black Knight satellite in my comic book. And it's not just a basic ass superhero book. So it was like, it really triggered some people, I think, to go watch this motherfucker. <laughs> like, really, like, I hate to be the conspiracy dude, but there's a they're in court right now talking about this stuff. And if you watch the interviews, which I did, they like, yeah, we shut people up all the time. 
through internet. We kill people. We do whatever we can to keep this secret. So, yeah, I got myself into something just writing good, bro. Like, on accident. That kind of will shun me from just using the normal platform to get out and, like, do things. And just, oh, I'm going to just use Kanan's tactic and just draw every day. I've tried that. I get, like, 100 likes. Two. 200 likes at the most it trickles down to down 30 in like a week once they start seeing i'm posting a lot and it's just like once they know i'm posting my posts literally go to nothing and it's just like i have to stop posting and surprise the internet with a random post that's why they'd be like how come you don't draw all the time and you post randomly it's because if i just post a lot they start what paying attention to me and i can't trick the algorithm to fucking turn me off so it's it's I was I'm in cybersecurity and I like I said I used to work for Comcast and stuff. All that stuff's a reality, but people don't believe that our whole world is like as high tech as it is. Yeah, I mean, like I said, my book you know the whole Muslim thing, you know. Yeah. I never said a job, never said anything. On my TikTok, I got just scrolling, they give me a lot of Muslim stuff. Not Muslim. After they that? A lot of, I mean before that. I mean it's oh, same okay. time. I still I still get it. I get a lot oh, of Muslim the stuff. imagery, yeah, I yeah, get they it. Yeah, think, they, think they think I'm Muslim because I wear it. So TikTok feeds me a lot of Muslim stuff. I get the, you know, the 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 uh, the sand Muslim stuff, and I also get the flat Muslim stuff. Like, I get both Muslim stuff. It's crazy. So, That's crazy. Um, even with that, talking about conspiracies, um, one of the plot points in my book, the villains of the story, they get the drilling chrome. Are you familiar? Are you familiar with that? Yeah. So, if refresh you know me. It, I've heard it. I heard the term, but um, refresh me on what it actually does, though. Again, uh, I don't know. It was Harvey Weinstein or whoever. Okay, but 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 the elite people they apparently kidnap kids and so they can take it out of them. Take them out of them. So I don't bring that up in my book. But if you know what it is, <laughs> you know it comes from coming from fear. Yeah, when they get when they get scared. It get more potent. So yep. I got it in my book. So like. When my first issue or my second issue came out, all that trial stuff was was going. So like, that's when my first book got funded because I'm saying that stuff and I'm getting all these likes on on Instagram and stuff. So I'm like, man, that's crazy. So when I go out and do my second issue, I think, okay, I was booming the first time. Let me go down a second time, and it don't fund or nothing like that because I had. Just that random word in there that I knew what it mean, but then that yeah. was going at the same time, and it just made it boom. So, but, uh, yeah. When you speak of random words, you know what's funny is uh, a lot of people don't know the word acromation. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, it's like that's like the uh, matrix stuff, right? Nah, acromasia is like what vitiligo is, and okay. what what albinism is it's the technical term for what's going down it's called acromasia and it's basically cell degradation because of the sun and so that's what causes like light spots and light people and basically they don't talk about the word or vitiligo and all that it was funny because i was typing the word on facebook for a while and it would come up as if i spelled something wrong and I was like, nah, this is a real word, fool. Don't try to tell me. I'm Because I was it, trying to tell people about it. That's, and that's that, what Drone called me the same way. It says I it, misspell it every time. Yeah, it tried to tell you that you're misspelling the word if it's a word that they know that most people don't know that's tied to something that 
they'll tell you the word don't exist. You look it up on Google to make sure you're spelling it right and you'll be spelling it right. And I've ended whole conversations and streams just by typing acromation. And I would just do that just to see if it would stop the energy of the post sometimes. And it would. And it would be like, damn, they really monitoring feeds and who sees what and how much people get to see of what. You know what I'm saying? Like as soon as some mis misinformation, as they want to call it, gets fed into that feed, that feed about to get less views. You know what I'm saying? You'll see people not post their uh, the links to stuff on their main post because they know it won't get anywhere if they post the link up there. So they'll post it in the comments. So like, bro, I don't know, man. I've been I've been through a lot just because of motherfucking Bill Cosby, aliens, and fucking black gatekeepers. I don't even get gatekept by white people, which is weird. I never gotten gatekept by one white person. It's always been a black person. And it's just been like, why are you being weird? I'm from the hood. Like, it's super weird to me because I'm really hood. And they're just like, who's this kid? And I'm like, bro, I'm 40-something years old. I look young, but I got hella wisdom. And I'm black. And y'all not helping y'all people out. And I feel like, uh, who cloned Tyrone? Like, y'all ain't gonna help a nigga out. Like, for real, you supposed to, like, wake up the whole community when you get what I'm saying? Like, that's my mind state. That's just me. And that's what I did with my book, even. It was on some, oh, I gotta tell the whole community. Put it in my comic. You know, best place to hide a secret is in a book. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when you said you did that, too, it just shows the level of of high, higher thinker creators out there. There's higher thinker creators out there than the ones that are being shined all the time. And that's kind of like my big deal right now. It's like, bro, I'm so annoyed because I'm unemployed. I'm dope. I can go sell comic books walking down the street right now faster than I could posting in a group. To a yeah. white person. That should not be us as the blurred community. And I don't like it, bro. It just, it irks me. It makes me not want to come to New York and meet the people because I'm just like, I'm from the West Coast. I'm going to just go out there with attitude. <laughs> like, it just, I have an attitude because you was hating on me and now you see me and you're like, oh, hugs. I'm like, bro, I love you too as black people, but we need to do better. Like, just as general, just the way we do things, move, make money, business, share ideas. Like, like you said, there's a lot of things going on where people do the, oh, I'm a guest at the Comic-Con. But if you ask them, they won't share that information that that's how they're getting the tables, you know what I mean? Or the booths or stuff. Because we don't share as a community. And I don't like it, bro. I just don't like it because I am from a small community of black people out here in Colorado. And like, even as small as it is, we try to, because it is small, you try to network in even more, you know what I'm saying? So like when it gets like to people just acting different and i it's weird because i've been to atlanta and the hospitality is there if you go to atlanta the hospitality is all over the fucking state so it just don't make sense to me that when it comes to the crab barrel mentality you know what i'm saying is like the same shit all the time it's like really i don't know i might want to do gaming because they got benefits and Oh, and you can actually apply on an application. Like, you can never apply for Marvel, bro. You can apply for DC. I got to go beg Dennis, Dennis Cowan in his inbox. And then he goes, what do you want me to do? I'm like, I want you to hire me. Like, it's real. There's no structure in comic books, even though I said it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It shows. It's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. 
you don't even got an application process. You ain't even, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's wild in comics. It's always been wild. Does it need to be fixed? Yeah, that part does. There should be ways for talented people to get work. Like, that's why people are on strike right now. I'm going to touch on a couple of things before we actually touch on your book. But we're going back, you said, like, I got I got some plans, some backdoor things. I can see, can I get my way into DC Marvel? Uh, I know some popular writers, well, two writers, one Arthur right now, not Arthur, artist right now, that's working for the you know, DC and Marvel. I'm going to see if, I, if my way works, do I get in? But just with them, I'm not going to say their names just for, you know, podcast reasons. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they're, they're still pop- popular right now, and DC and Marvel's abusing them on projects. Like, I can like, I, they, You mean overworking they, them, you mean? Not overworking like, them, just abusing them. Like, like, every black project, everything, y'all just want to use them for. Oh, like I get you, I get it, you, I get yeah, you. Yeah, it's and, just like and, that. And I see it. But uh, one of them, uh, they basically used them because they was popular on the internet. Then they said, let's put them on a project. And two of their books was popular, like real popular. We even got me trending on, on TikTok because of their books. But DC didn't push it. It's like, it's no way mm-hmm. it should be no marketability of it. And they carry their written for this popular Never get any kind of merchandise or whatever. And I seen that merchandise at Walmart one time. And next day I went to Walmart, it was sold out. So I'm like, why DC not pushing it? Then when another person, the Marvel guy, uh, they only get him on small little runs, like one, two issue runs and stuff yeah. like that. But they keep using them over and over again. So I'm like, okay, you keep using them for all these characters, but why not? So I'm thinking maybe... If I incorporate myself with them, would it be like, oh, well, if they work with him, this guy must be a good guy because ain't no way. And with the artist, I was going to say, let me just get some artwork because uh, it went from just doing some posters, I believe, or promotional work to now they're on books and now they're doing some other stuff. So I was like, okay, they're complaining about this stuff, but they constantly <laughs> getting work every, like all the time. Yeah, you're on toy boxes and stuff like that so yeah. why why are you complaining so i know the money ain't there like you can do an indie, an indie artwork and get paid hundreds of dollars but with marvel they probably slide you a 40 and be like you know here you go but so, see but i my think it's variety though yeah you, know? you get that on your resume you can't put somebody that ain't made it on your resume you can but nobody cares like <laughs> you just like like when you go and put that on your resume and the job has to call that person and they find out it's just a regular person, you could have just made it up then at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't care unless it's a big name, which is for a resume. You you do want that on there because like it's sad that when my, and everybody's like Disney's the devil and I'm like, I don't care about none of that shit, bro. All I know is that when Marvel got on Disney, you can get an application finally. Before Marvel was with Disney, if you went to their website, they said, we'll find you. I felt that so rude, bro. Like, like as a person that wants to get into something like that, you're like, okay, you'll find me. I'm just going to, what? I'm in Colorado, bro. This just, that was like the most frustrating. And I dealt with it until the Disney merger. I just was like, Marvel's not an option. Don't think about, and that's where I created my own books and stuff because, 
when you take away people's uh i think that's what's happening to the whole marvel company too i think a lot of their fan base are dreamers and i think a lot of the dreamers don't see an opportunity for themselves or don't like the way the dream came out because they're creatives too and you see a lot of critics and they're like nah i would have wrote that shit better because they probably some of those people probably would have wrote better shit than some of the shit they did there probably are people that they just didn't give a chance or never knew how to give a chance you know Mm. what i'm saying so like that's probably why marvel and not saying that the stuff that did they didn't put out was good because i liked it better than dc it just it is what it is it's not bad cgi was good i'm an artist i liked it it got me through it (laughs) but at the end of the day it you gotta you gotta manage the whole company i just don't think like i don't think uh not getting the credentials from Marvel is a good thing. I know they don't pay, but at the same time, I would want to get on there. But at the same time, like you said, if you keep seeing the same artists, that gives you the same mentality as you can't apply. Because if they keep using the same artists over and over, like Torin Clark is dope. They use him on the covers for the new Silver Surfer. They use Torin everywhere now for covers. Torin is dope. I don't care. He doesn't need to stop doing covers. They need to add more people along with him that are black doing covers. So he's not the only one doing the covers. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what you were saying, but yeah. yeah I mean, it, 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 it is, well, uh, going back to what you said earlier about Jim Lee, told you you don't draw every day. Uh, I interviewed a guy, he did Hellboy. Uh, Mac Manola or nah. Uh, I, I can't think of his name right He's now. not... Was he a writer or artist? He's an artist. Okay. Uh, he, uh... He said... Say, well, okay, he's a special case, so he's really making money off of comic books and stuff like that. But he was saying, like... He's probably gonna do five different projects that week. But... When he got an entry, he was probably taking it slow like you, but some guy taught him, like, a cheat code or whatever. So now he just spit out artwork on the fly. And he said, that's what changes you from being a professional and an indie person because uh, the professionals, they want you to spit out these covers or whatever so quick. They're not going to pay you that much, but you're going to be on five projects that drop that month. And it's probably equal to that one indie project, but as a five projects, you know, it's with you know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, whatever. Now you own these projects, so you got a notoriety for it. So it's basically you balancing what you want the money or notoriety. So like he said he don't mind doing that because they want him to draw a cover. He can draw that cover in a day. Boom. It's done. Versus, you know, somebody, I guess, like you or whatever, who probably take you a couple of days. No, I don't. You know? That's, that's the saying, whole thing. I'm just I'm saying, saying, though, like, yeah. that's the whole thing. Like, people don't realize, like, bro, I've been doing this since I was nine. So, like. I can do covers in a day. I can do all that shit. I can. I was going to do a flip screen and show you the book. Like, I have two books ready to go, but it's just like, man, if I can't break the internet and get past the shit, then nobody will ever see stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, I, I yeah, you, you can get a cover done in a day or whatnot. It's, I think it's more so about getting to the people though right now is kind of my thing Mm -hmm. to even get to that point to give you a chance to get the cover done like see see two people i talked about previously they said like let's say same guy 
who spent now five covers a, a week or whatever and working on another project. He said it gets to the point that you'd be like, I don't want to do it. Let me hit up Lewis. I get Lewis that project. Draw that real quick for these people. They need somebody to draw. And then boom, now you own. That's it's, it's how it goes. Like I said earlier. Nah, it's somebody, yeah. It's somebody yeah, right there. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just. Yeah, you're right, though. It goes like that. Like somebody can't fulfill some shit. They just hand it over to somebody else. But nobody know me. I'm in Colorado. That's how I feel, bro. Like I feel yeah. like uh, the Truman Show. <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm Truman in the mountains, literally, or some like weird TV studio that keep me around, away from like everybody. And I feel like everybody's like, yeah, he's dope, but we can't let him make it out into the regular world because that would ruin the whole fucking show. Like, <laughs> like, so, and then that's the whole thing though. Like, if I'm not in anybody, if people don't know I exist, then how can they ever refer me? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, you're totally 100 correct. That's how it works, bro. But if people don't know I exist because of internet politics and people just not sharing my name enough or algorithms not showing my post or whatever it could be, I should be able to just... And I know why they stopped this because they probably had babies sending in crayon drawings. But there should be a place where I could just submit submit my, my submit my art. Like that still should be a thing, and I really don't think that needs to change. If they need to hire somebody to vet through that shit, then I'll do that. Hire me to do that. Then I'll be the guy that actually vets and gets y'all the other talent. If y'all not gonna hire me for the talent, but the whole system is broken. I feel like as far as getting the good talent that we have in the community, like the black community. And we just recycling the same ones over and over. Like, I don't, I don't know. There's got to be a better fix for that than, and then I see people play the politics of they're not who they really are on the internet. And I know some (laughs) of these people are not who they really are on the internet. And it's just like, you're not that friendly guy in that I'm real 100% all the time. I don't know how to be any other way. I'm not um, like rude. You know what I'm saying? I just, I'm just real. So like, I see people like sugarcoat their day sometimes. And it's just like, to just like thinking that's going to bring in the audience. And I see it mainly with writers. Writers do that more so than artists. Artists, we either show you the work or we're not. We're just in or out. You know what I'm saying? Writers like to talk about things to get people engaged more. So they will play this happy thing. And I'm like, you're a good writer. And I could see it in the way you're, Working the audience, but go right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the reason they're doing that is because they want to get seen, though. Like, I'm not knocking them for what they're doing. It's just that bad out here to trying to get a job and how to that they think that's the way to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's not a way to, for them to really like show off their writing abilities or just submit the work. So they're like, hmm, maybe I'll do this movie review. And they write long ass paragraphs that none of us read. Hey, yep. <laughs> some of yeah. us get through it but not not the most of us bro um so to touch on just touch on your comment man. brown hornet what made you uh write a brown hornet conspiracy theory story versus a <laughs> junkyard cosmic hero story so brown hornet uh it's basically a space opera bro it's like um what's the black sci-fi word um uh, 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 <laughs> Afrofuturism. Afrofuturism. Thank you. 
that's why you know, these, these labels, bro, that I'm like, just my shit's dope, bro. I don't, I try not to go through all that. So like, yeah, it's Afrofuturism. I grew up off Star Trek, bro. Uh, when I turned my camera up, you saw a bunch of Star Trek ships and shit. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm just a sci-fi head. I'm a science per nerd. So like when I pick up a comic book of a local artist or a creator or writer or a independent creator or writer, my pet peeve when I like first read their book is they do the origin story where it's like a dude in the lab and then there's an explosion and he gets his powers. And I'm like, nah, that's just lame. Like I want my stuff to feel like a movie. Like you walked in the movie theater and the matrix and you didn't know what was about to happen. And dude jumps out the window and like, it takes you on a ride. So like, that's kind of how I ripped my, my first book. And it was a graphic novel. Um, I didn't do the individual issues. I don't break it up into like individual chapters, like issue one or two or breaks. Cause it's just one, it's a narrative of basically the universe that I built. Um, then I got the two other books that spin off off of that. Cause that's Brown Hornet Omniverse, the fallen. And then I do Brown Hornet Omniverse Pangea, which is basically going back to when all the continents reunited and everybody wants this, uh, black history past story, but you know, we got, uh, black sands and like a lot of people don't like it, even though they like, he's getting somewhere and they like that, you know, it's getting popular and stuff. It ain't everybody's it, cup of tea. Is it getting popular? It's as far as popularity, popularity doesn't mean success. Yes. It's popular. <laughs> You know, it's notorious. <laughs> Everybody kind of knows the name. I've had people locally come up to me. Oh, have you heard of Black Sands? Like, I'm like, bruh, because they know me. I'm the comic book guy, you know? So they'll come to me and I'll be like, yeah. And the community don't really fuck with them. Oh, for real? And I'm like, yeah, it's just like one of those things where it's, he's marketing. He's doing his part as a person. That's where you cannot, I don't hate on anybody. Miguel markets his shit. Do I like it? No. Do a lot of people like it? No. Is there some jealousy involved with people not liking it because they're doing Egyptian stories too? Yes. Is it for kids? Yes. And that's why it's not for me though in the first place. So like, I don't hate on anything he's doing. It was never for me. It was never for a lot of us, but we like to do this thing in the group where I blame us for looking at it so hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was never for any of us, really, I don't think. And we saw that as we tried to get into it, like, eh, not for me. So I ain't going to hate on the dude. He made it on Shark Tank. I thought about doing the same thing. He, like, beat me to, like, little steps that I wanted to do where I know my shit would shine way better than his did, but he just got there first. And that's the that's our our community, though. Like, a lot of people get mad over that. And they, like, don't want to give anybody no props. And I'm like, bruh, they out here hustling. Everybody out here hustling. They may not be the best. You might not like it. <laughs> I don't. Well, he, but, yeah, when they said, they said he's like, okay, you said people don't really mess with him in the community. They do mess with him. Like, you should see how many other black creative books actually on that app. Like, it was so many. And they say that's like, the it, thing. They trying to get something from him. They don't fuck with him. They want their shit to shine on his app. Like I mm -hmm. thought about 
fucking with him, even though I don't fuck with him, just to get my book on his app. But I got too much pride uh, for like my product to even be around things that I don't like. If I won't let my kids spend a night at somebody's house, bro, that and you're a parent and I ain't got kids, but you understand this. I ain't gonna let my kids spend a night at his house. That's just not what I'm doing yeah. with Brown Hornet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I I thought about it. I thought about forwarding, and I heard the prices, like how how he was paying. I was like, I know how apps work. I don't know how you, how you get paid per <laughs> click and all that stuff. Like, come on, man, these prices are like chump change. Like, <laughs> like I didn't nothing. even get that far, bro. But I couldn't imagine. I didn't get that far either. But I cause I knew a guy who was on there. Then he backed off, and then like you could, t- he used to be like championing him on post all the time. Then he stopped. Then I inboxed him and asked him like, "What happened?" He told me, like the prices he was giving and stuff like that. I'm like, "Man, that's crazy!" That's like, you're not, that's how I mean. Like, he's not even getting paid for a click. Then I don't know if it's him doing it or just how stuff goes. But like, your book also get like kind of shadow banned a little bit, like. Uh, so you had to read like one Black Sands book to get some tokens, and on tokens you get to read other people's books. <laughs> so like, if you don't never get the tokens, you never get to see nobody's books, and you had literally search for those books. Hey, I don't, I don't like that. I don't know. It just never yeah. really. So like, but he, they see... said in convention. They said the convention though. He's a great guy. You talk to him. He whatever. But they said like, if you white, like. It's hard. Like, he real hard. And, like, I, I heard stories, like, he was beside, like, white creators, and he just go, just digs into them, like, real hard. Like, I just imagine the white creators just, like, packing that table, table up and, like, leaving. Like, <laughs> like see, like, like I'm, <laughs> I'm not like that, though, like, because, I don't know. Like, I say it might be because I'm not from the South. And I don't really have those type of white people around me. Not saying I ain't got no racist white people around me because they exist. But it's a different type of white people down there that might turn people off more. And so, like, they give me money, bruh. Like, they like Brown Hornet. They know Brown Hornet from the Cosby. They'd be like, wow, you did something? They, they, they get it. And they don't really like, and they just look at the art. The art's dope. It's colored. I like it. And they on their way. Like, we do too much thinking sometimes, I think, with each other. And I seen an Asian um comedian talk about this. It was a, uh, it's called Tiger Belly. His name is Bobby. He was like, when I watch an Asian person on TV, I'm always judging them around the rest of the cast. Like, say it's uh, Shang-Chi standing around the rest of the Avengers. He's like, focused on the Asian person's performance and making sure that they do their best job. You know what I'm saying? And it can be overcritical sometimes because that's all he's watching to. And he can't even enjoy the movie. And I think that happens a lot where we miss out on good products because we can't enjoy the movie because we're trying to be overcritical on who brought you to the table. Who verified you you know and i see other artists try to post other artists to try to re-verify other artists and it's like that's cool but it's still a problem you know what i'm saying that you're trying to the other artist sees their network like 
like they wanted to be part of Black Sands because they seen his network. They seen he made it with Kevin Hart, bro. They may not like the dude, but they want their shit to be successful. So they try to network. Like, that's good. But you still got to make the right choices, though. Like you're saying, you got to make the right choices for your product all the way around. You got to, like, separate the egos from the BS. And there's a lot in this in this industry. Um, I talk so much, I'll throw us off, bruh. No, I mean, <laughs> I was trying to go back to your book, The Brown Hornet. So, okay, like, my Brown uh, Hornet. So, yes, I got sidetracked. Yes, it's, what is it about? Space opera. Yeah, you don't have to re-edit this or chop the scenes or some shit so <laughs> I can, like, get to the point. But, yeah, it's a space opera. It's about Michael the Archangel. Um, It basically deals with the seraphim and the Nephilim. Um, how you hear it in those words, like nobody was saying angel back in the days, you know? So the term archangel is more Greek and like Roman. And a lot of the stuff that we hear in words now existed, but they were calling like them Nephilim and the Seraphim and things like that. And that's where you get the giants on the earth in these days and all that stuff from uh, Genesis and what's crazy, the book is not religious. It's, like, very violent. Like, there's blood in there. There's some boobs, some some nice women. You know what I'm saying? It's just that what they don't talk about in the Bible was how raw that time period is. That's what I bring, like, to the table is, like, the R-rated. I wouldn't say the R-rated Bible because that's not what I'm trying to do. Like, I feel that's kind of blasphemous or whatever. But it's, like, the real take on where black people came from with the acromasia and the vid a lot, not mean white people came from from us, like how they say they came from us, um, was Pangea. The continent was all one. That's why they say everybody comes out of Africa because it literally was connected all at one point. And they did come from black people, like Asian, I mean, Chinese in China, they literally did their DNA test. They don't deny it. They ain't, hum you know, some people, some cultures are humble about it. And some people have an issue with it because of dominancy and they're running the world. But my book's literally like, I just wanted to dive into the history. And I don't know if I got the download from messing with an alien, you know, the times I have or whatever. But like a lot of the stuff I did in the book, I would research and find out that it was historically true. I didn't even know about the Dogon tribe until I was working on my book and found out that they knew about the star Sirius in Africa and they didn't have telescopes and all that. And so, like, they're literally in my comic book. I, like, put all that in there when, like, Osiris first shows up to the planet Earth and the Dogon tribe see him arrive and he steps off the ship and looks at him primitive, but he's, like, looking at the soil because there's gold in it. And it's just, like, I go through a little bit more in depth than you would say Black Sands would, and it's adult. Like, it's what we wanted, <laughs> like, from a title like Black Sands. The title's dope. The name is dope. I see that a lot in our community where the you got a good title, bruh. <laughs> My title wasn't the best. It was Brown Hornet. It pissed people off, bruh. But what's inside? That's why I kind of be like, I don't care. The people who buy it get that gem. The people who go, Brown Hornet, you can't do that. I'm like, sucker. Like, I don't care. Like, it's like, you're missing out. I know I'm dope. The work's dope. I don't really have any, you know what I'm saying? The next couple books are going to be even more sick to the point this one was only distributed um, if you hit me up on the internet or on the Kickstarter and I printed like 2,500. 
only got like 500 left and I'm not like trying to sell them. You know what I'm saying? You want to hold on to those last 500 for when I go to conventions and I start the real push for the individual issues, which are going to like tell the full individual character stories. This is like a narrative that gives you an overall encompassing of like most of the stuff I told you about from like the history that it's it's delivering. And it does it from a, not a superhero standpoint, but bro, Michael was the first superhero, literally. Michael the Archangel is literally the first superhero in existence because he slayed the beast. Like, so I literally went and created a comic book to give props to the first superhero, giving props to the first cartoon superhero that I saw on TV, which was Brown Hornet. Like everything's more like a ode or tribute to in my comic. And it's just got some deep shit. It got like layers and layers and layers on it that there's rap lyrics in there from just little shit and comments that if you're a hip hop head, you're like, damn, this dude just used the line from Outcast. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and he made it seem flow in the sentence like it wasn't forced. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's like what the book's about, bro. Like, I would uh, do a flip screen. I don't know how to do it, though. A share screen. I see it at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and I, can, I can show you some pictures of the new issue. Yeah, just take a little reading. That's all. <laughs> yeah. We don't do that. Yeah, but you know, I do the same thing with lyrics in my book, too. Uh, it's a lot more implied because you know i put music notes around it but you still have to know like what song it's from like uh he's getting ready to go like actually kick a door in and i said gucci main verse so you have to know <laughs> and about what song that's from um he's riding his car on one issue and he's singing uh top back from tti and it's just a piece of the little verse but you have to know the song like oh that's what he's singing about <laughs> Dude, that's what, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, we bring a little extra because we were, like, we in the hip-hop. I mean, some of these writers were, too, but, like, I was really out there doing it. I met Big Boy. I had a chance to go on tour with his tour manager. It was like, you got to pay for yourself. And I figured out how the game worked, how it is, like, you really got to pay for yourself. In the, yeah. in the I was just like, yo, I'm going to just go do these comics, man. So I'm trying to make this, I'll try to make this big for you, but uh, actually I just want to run past that page like I just talked to you about. Uh, yeah, so... I don't know if you're able to see. I think you shared the wrong screen. So then, uh, let me see. You're sharing the, uh, look like your web browser screen instead of whatever you're trying to oh, pull I up. I said Windows. Okay, let me go back in there. Share. See, this is why I do a pre-record. It's like. <laughs> nah, for real. That's why I was like, you know what, this pre-record, I'm sure I'm good right now. There it go. Adobe. Can you see that? There it go. Popped up. Yeah. Yeah, so like I was saying, like I really go into so that's, history. So that's your artwork there. So you the artist. That's that's pretty dope. Yeah. That's so you me. Color man. Too? I do everything, bro. I did oh, the pencils, dope. the ink, the coloring. Okay. 
Like, that's what it goes through. Like I was saying, I try to, the, the stuff we talk about, and like, if you're into that type of stuff, I literally like drew it out. You know what I'm saying? And may, and he's wearing Solomon's ring. I don't know if you've heard of that, but like, there's so much lore behind my books, bro, that you're like a lot of people who are just into some shit. Like if you're really into some shit, you don't want a basic, basic, basic ass comic book, like where the dude just gets his superpowers. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm trying to like enlighten people at the same time, give you a movie because that's what I really want to do is go create movies, bro. Comic books is like the broke man's movie. <laughs> like, um, in my books, uh, issue one, it's not the origin story. You know, I don't, I will talk about the origin story, but it could be a brief thing, but I want my, my book to be popular enough when it's time for me to do the origin story, I can just do that straight animated or live action or whatever. And that would be like what I write, what this, the silver screen portion of my book would be about. Is an origin story. Then you want to reach back, you can get the books, you know, just do it like a backwards anime style. <laughs> yeah, that's how it's supposed to be, I think, more so in America. And I think, like, we trying to play the game. We're, we're trying to figure out what Japan or anime is doing, but you kind of got to flip it backwards and have it on TV first. And that's how we consume it in America. You know what I'm saying? We see it on TV, then people want to go get more from the books. You know, like, like Invincible. Like, I've seen Invincible books before i ain't care nothing Skip. about it same here bro tv show came out i got issue one now <laughs> <laughs> i feel you i did the same thing like i ain't even gonna front like i went and because colorado isn't on the east coast or the west coast and it's sitting right in the middle and because we have that mile high comic superstore here like people don't know that's like either the biggest or the second biggest comic book store like they try to say uh the one in new york is bigger but they only saying that because they in New York. Like, they haven't actually been here. Like, if you go Google and the square footage, it's a warehouse. And I'm like, how can you beat a warehouse, bro? It's a warehouse. Like, you're not beating the size of a warehouse. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's two warehouses. So, like, I'll go there and just collect, bro, because I can get old stuff. And I tried to offer some people in groups. I'll be in these black groups. Like, they be trying to collect black comics. And people be on their ego so much and it annoys me. I'm just like, yo, I can get that book for you. I'm good. Just like, dude, I'm trying to like actually get y'all stuff that y'all can't get. Well, I, well, I got to hit you up because I got some 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 lists and some plot holes in my book. So I, 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 that, I am that, that dude, bro. I am that dude. That's what I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. say. I was able to do that for people and people were just like, uh, whatever. You're that brown horny guy. And I'm just like, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you, you know, do, you do, you do look, you do look antagonistic on, uh, on the groups though, but uh, I mean, I don't care. But I guess you, you do you do look like it. I I I am I'm I am that way because that's you're how people as, come at me, bro. As soon as you come at as, me that way, I'm turning it on. Like I'm not yeah. gonna turn it off and play nice like everybody else. Yeah, you're you, not as big as you're not the biggest villain as Marcel though. But you know, <laughs> no, nah, Marcel's got his whole villain thing because he pushes stuff to like. I don't know. He he says the N-word, bro. And I, I don't know. That just bugs me. Like, because he has a white audience. Like, you just do certain things to, like, fit your demographic. And then my, my mom's just like, nah, you don't use certain things around certain people. So, yeah. like... You don't dance in front of white people. Nah, <laughs> you don't do that shit, bro. So I'm just like, nah. I'm And then, so, like, I am antagonistic, but you'll also see I'll stop a motherfucker from saying some shit because I'm usually right. And so, like, Nobody likes to butt heads with me because 
I'm not coming from the same place that they're coming from usually. Like I'm coming from so much passion about this because I do it. Like a lot of these people just don't even do it. Like you was just saying, like there's a lot of people that don't really even read the comic books, but they want to create them. Like I really do every aspect. Like, I don't know if you see the next page. This page got me in trouble on Facebook. Like, this is why my account, like, literally got shadow banned. And that's the experience you talked about, right? Yep. And, like, I basically put it in the comic book and replayed it to my character and my story and had him live through the same scenario. But, yeah, I put everything I that happened to me in the book. And everything that's happening in the book is a form of reality redone to fit the format of my story but everything in there is real like it actually happened in history at some point it was said it happened you know what i'm saying so like i kind of i kind of go in on my book bro like a little bit like i go homeless for this shit and i don't want to that's how much i care about my comic book versus i feel like a lot of creators are like i ain't going homeless for it i'm like bro i was born to do this like, if you're born to do something, then you go homeless for it. Like, I don't want to, but that's how hard I would go for it. Like, not, you know what I'm saying? That's, like, the logic. Um, But it's just about, I'm trying to feel, pull up some more uh, pages from, I'm going to pull up the next issue that actually shows Brown Hornet. Because that's another thing I ain't really been showing him to everybody. Because I've been like, man, the people who buy the book should be the ones who get to benefit instead of the internet getting the uh, free content all the time. Yeah. And so I try to like, I don't know if you, I think you've seen the cover. This is the cover. Okay. So that's Brown Hornet. And, you know, I call him Brown Hornet because like in the comic book, not to spoil too much, he has amnesia after the battle um, with the devil or whatever you want to call him, the dragon or whatever. And he has amnesia after that, and he's lost in space, and it's present day, like the future. And he doesn't know that he is what he is. And he's drifting through space, and he reawakens because there's new threats, and he's needed again because he's literally the hand of God, pretty much. And so, like, not to spoil too much, this is one of the forms you see him in. And he actually, through the comic book, like from the cover I just showed you where he was sitting on top of the other beast on the, on the graphic novel, you'll see him like wearing different outfits. My character isn't like uh stagnant where you'll have him. Um, let me find this other pic where he's like dressed up. He's not stagnant where you'll see him like just wearing one outfit the whole time. Yeah. Because he's going to like, he's like a ever living being like nobody's going to wear the same thing like the entire time. So then you have him like here and it's like Brown Hornet attire, AKA Brown Hornet attire, because about time he actually returns to earth. And when people like first see him, like that's the street name we give him. That's his street name, literally. So it ain't really like you see him in the comic book, like his corny Batman movies and they go, I am Batman. He doesn't do that shit, bro. Like he's not running around in the comic book. Like I am Brown Hornet. Like that shit's whack. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> So, like, he gets his name from when he actually has his encounters and finally meets with people, and they want to call him a superhero, you know what I'm saying? And they, like, that's when it happens, but he never will call himself that. He, like, he calls himself Ra. Like, he is Ra, the, the sun god Ra. That's literally who he is. 
and Michael is raw, and we just mix stories through history. This is basically what this book tells you as you're going through it, that all the shit that we, all the mythologies that we thought were myth and whatnot are actually real. And basically um, just mixed up stories through time playing the telephone game. And so, yeah, man, the book is just, I could keep showing you art, but this is stuff that people just haven't seen. They have no yeah. idea because they didn't buy the book or don't mess with me. And it's like, go ahead, miss out. This is going to sell to somebody. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, they, they, the, the style, the coloring, really, I guess, where you told me it's like a cosmic story as well. Like, it got that cosmic element too. And also, like, uh, I guess, like, I don't know, like, uh, Greek or Roman look to it too. So, it, like, it yeah. plays together. Yeah. So, like, you know, I've really been out here, like, just putting in work with so people say, oh, you got to put in the work or you got to be able to finish the pages. I'm like, bro, do you see? Oh, well, they don't see what I do, honestly, because I don't just put it out there because I don't think this shit should be given away for free. Like, here's the main antagonist, the villain of the comic. Like, like I got some dope shit going on. My villains look as dope as the heroes. Like, you want yeah. to, you know what I'm saying? And I don't see that with a lot of creators where they're like, oh, like, my villain is what you should be trying to check out. Like, everybody cares about Omni-Man right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Omni-Man is what why we are watching Invincible. It's yeah, the villain. Thanks. Thanks. Well, yeah. I mean, so far. So far. Because if you read the comics, you know this shit gets even wilder. But, yeah. That's what brings people in. Like, you know, so... I don't want to show you too much, but I'm going to show you like a couple more pictures and then we can get back. But yeah, like I got action in here where it's not just talking. Like you, you got the full gamut going on in my books where like, okay. Like we out here doing it in the books. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, you got to buy the book. I ain't going to give this out for free. Like this is probably <laughs> the most I've shown like just on the internet because if I start posting these and if my account's blocked, I'm doing myself a disservice all around because nobody sees it. My account's been shadow banned and all the work I put into these pages just doesn't get seen. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna yeah. flip it back to us. But uh that's dope, man. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna end the segment right now. But uh to the last segment of the show. It's called Digging oh. in the Crates. How do I hold on? Let me stop this. Uh, there we go. It should be like a little, but yeah, digging the crates. You know, being in music, you know, digging the crates. You know, you go find <laughs> that vinyl from back in the day. You know, uh, or the CDs. You know, going through crates. Yeah. Also, comic books. You know, and you well a customer digging the crates. Of comic books going to that big warehouse. Um. So in this segment, I've been digging the crates. The uh, stuff we talked about in this interview. You know, go back to it. Um. Just like one question. You know. Um, you say you, you, uh, you give out your artwork, not give out, but you send out your artwork to these different people and whatnot, um, hoping to get a job or something to use in the, in the, uh, industry or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, uh, since you're a writer and an artist, uh, what project or story would you like to work on? And would you like to work on that as an artist or a writer? I want to be on 
like they ain't even black books that's the whole thing i want to be on darkness and spawn first like dang before- darkness look speaking of darkness like you, you keep talking but let me, let me show you something you keep talking yeah darkness and spawn first because uh like Darkness is probably my favorite character based upon his power set and the way he looks and how grimy. Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm talking about, bruh. Yeah, you're a real yeah. one. <laughs> so, yeah, um, Darkness because of his powers, bro. Like, the fact that um, they wrote that comic so raw that they wrote the comic so raw that they said that his weakness is basically if he lets a woman have his seed, like, and basically has a kid and his powers would, he would die and the power would go on to his kid is like, and that's how he got his power basically from his father who was a mob boss. I mean, bruh, like, that's exactly what I was saying. That's not a lab explosion. That is some dope creation in the way he is a, as a, is a character. I mean, then you got Spawn. We all know Spawn, and I don't have to re-explain the dude, but artistically, that's the book that I would say kind of made me want to do this and kind of... I I took... It's funny. I took my style from Todd McFarlane first, and I started studying Greg Capullo, and then I was doing the Jim Lee thing like everybody was with the crosshat shit, and so like I can draw like that. But then I met an artist named Stegepan Sedgic. I don't know if you heard him, but he does DC work. He does like all the painted stuff for DC, like all that stuff that looks painted. Yeah. Yeah, he does like the Harley Quinn book and like he did um, Darkness actually too. For He's the guy that had that top cow doing all the darkness stuff when it was painted. Okay. And so I met him on Facebook and I'm like, bro, he's the one who got me into digital, like, so I can color because I was just drawing and I was like, bro, how are you coloring that? And then he was like, I got a tablet. And so I was on tablets before everybody because of that dude. And like, I was been on tablets for like 12 years now. Like I have like three tablets, bro. I've been like really doing this shit for a minute. And then so he was like, you're imitate, you're an imitation comic book artist. And I was like, that was the best critique I have ever had, bro. Like, because I see it in other artists. And I'm like, yeah, you're trying to draw like da-da-da. You know, we see it all the time. It looks mm-hmm. like such and such. And he said, yeah, you can draw, but you're an imitation comic book artist. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, you need to study gesticulation. And I was like, gesticulation? What the fuck is that shit, bro? Like... And so I studied it and I looked up the word and actually studied it. Whole new game of drawing, bro. It was like I stopped wanting to do the cane and white overshadowing style where it looks cool for for the likes. And just was yeah. like, nah, this is how you create pages. This is how you get comic books done is knowing how to move humans like with gesticulation and conversation. Like I'm expressing myself. You want to see your characters on the page talking like that. Like, I don't see that in comics either because a lot of the people, they imitating a comic book artist. And it was like, wow. So I took it like Bruce Lee and just studied, bruh. But those are the two books. If it was a black book, I would probably want to do 
I would say something over at Milestone. I ain't even going to pick a title. I would just say something over at Milestone because there ain't no other. I mean, I mean, oh, no. Uh, nah, nah, nah. I got to show you this. You want to know what I would want to draw? Philadelphia, bro. Philadelphia? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to show you the artwork for it. I did artwork for it. So, you know, I don't want to act like I do a lot of talking and not show the work. This is the cover I showed Rodney Barnes, bro. And was like, yo, I want to, I want to, um, I want to work for y'all. So I'm going to show you that. And I wasn't going to show the internet and post it because in case it made it so they could approve it and be like, well, it hasn't been leaked to the public. But honestly, I'm just like, bro, if they want it, they want it. Um... 20 pieces here it go right here so like i said i would like to do spawn <laughs> oh, that's dope that's dope you know what i'm saying or philadelphia bruh yeah, or or darkness um i'd say i'd like to do something like but my style of art they have more of a painted style inside the books that isn't line work i wouldn't say my shit would fit you know what i'm saying like it would have to be like a side type project if I did a Philadelphia book so that it doesn't stand out from the way the artwork is on the inside. Cover wise though, I could do a cover. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Really yeah. Let me go back though so we can see each other. Yeah, that's dope. Um I got a couple stories, you know, in my back pocket, you know, I I'll, I'll write for. Uh Milestone, you know, I definitely do Blood Syndicate. But like That too, yeah. Uh, with DC, man, I want to write DC villains. If I get some right, if I can write some DC villains, you know, that'd be dope. Like which ones? Uh, I want to write, um, uh, Freeze, Mr. Freeze. I want to do, uh, 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 uh I can't think right now. I want to do Dark Side, but like, okay, involved, but not involving him with Earth, you know, show him. Cause, uh, actually they just his, out there doing his thing yeah because you know he was a hero kind of with you know just the odyssey because you know he's really only looking for the the, the equation he's happy on earth so what happened it you know it's not on earth it's somewhere else and he's really the protagonist you know yeah <laughs> because, i can dig that because he has his own people to take care of like i love that concept like magneto and dr doom are my favorite one of my favorite characters because they're not really villains they got their own people they're trying to take care of uh, just like Negan from Walking Dead, you know, if you start reading a story with Negan instead of Rick, Rick would be the villain. Yep. So I like I from like somebody I like else's perspective. Yeah, man. From from the villain's perspective, he's the hero, and it yeah. should always be. It should feel like it. Like you should feel like you might want to root for the villain sometimes. Like, yeah, one hundred. Like like Mister Freeze. Like, is he really a villain? Like. He's just delusional. He been through so, some shit, bro. Like, yeah. He's just delusional. Like, he's, he's really not doing bad things. Like, what's the difference between what Bruce is doing and what Victor is doing? Like, what's the difference? Like, exactly. Victor's really trying to get money or get whatever to help out this woman. So, what's the difference? Like, he's just trying to help her out. And, then all, and he can't help him out because he was basically shadow banned or shunned from the science community. So, he, like... <laughs> He's he really trying to save her lives. He's just trying to he save her, yeah. Yeah, save lives. So what's the difference? He ain't, I mean, <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. 
It's like, yo, I just like, need to shut down the power grid for like, you know, <laughs> just, yeah. you know, so I can turn my wife on, bro. Just let me shut down the power grid. Batman's like, yeah. no, I will not let yeah. you shut down the power grid. I'm just like, bro, let him, let his wife live. Like a villain. Yeah, I know what you're saying, bro. Yeah. So like stuff like that. I would write villains more with uh, Marvel. Um, maybe X-Men. You know, I see good stuff with X-Men. I, uh, maybe Blade. Uh, I do Blade. I'm, I'm digging the whole story with his daughter right now. Uh, but my key, my key person I wanted to write for Marvel is Dazzler, because I came from the music industry and okay. writing a Dazzler story. Okay, uh, I write a Dazzler story like easy. you know she. I don't know if they created Jam. You remember that cartoon Jam? Yeah, Have you it, ever? Yeah, it's, it's uh. Are they re- uh, like? I, I think Dazzler was first. I'm not sure. But I just thought about that. I was just like, now I was thinking about it. Jam and her are like kind of the same, like kinda. Like I don't know if you watched that cartoon. It was old as hell. I don't even remember it. Barely. I, mean, I never watched it. You know, I barely remember kinda, it, bro. Yeah, but um, I think they're close, similar. It's kind of like a uh, depth stroking and uh, <laughs> Deadpool, and Deadpool type of thing. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, that's what's up, man. I mean, you've been a great guest or whatever. Uh. I know you say you don't push out books or stuff like that, but where can people get your books or be ready to get books <laughs> when you put them out? Um, so what I'm trying to do, like last Kickstarter I had, I literally was like, if you don't get the book, you don't get the book. Like I was, I was trying to play rough ball, but I was dead serious though at the same damn time though, because it's a lot to to print, and I think that's why, like you know, I don't, I don't like when people say oh, I couldn't get such and such this book or. They say they black didn't print as many books as they were supposed to, and the comic book stores got shorted. I'm like, bro, that shit costs a lot of money. On the back yeah. end, like before you even get it to the people, you're paying for it all, and it's like a couple thousand. So, like as far as where you can get my book, you can't right now. Like I'm gonna just be 100 unless you message me and say I want Brown Hornet, uh, The Fallen number one which I have printed up and message me, you can get that one. But the other two that are about to drop as an issue, I'm sending as soon as I can get prints, which is probably in the like next month or two, I'm sending the first hundred or so to the Kickstarter backers. And then I got to get money again to print some more. <laughs> you know what you I'm do, saying? You do, do you do digital? No, I don't do digital because... I don't know. I value my work, man. And we see what happened with the AI stuff recently. And I was already on that mindset anyway. So when digital and AI happened, I kind of was just like, mm, see, I just kind of never trusted it anyway. So like, I know it's good for you to get your product out and people will see it and it will spread to more people. But until I sell these physical units, if I leak all this digital shit, nobody actually wants to buy the physical units. I got boxes at the house that I will still sit on as inventory. So, like, when it comes to physical product, I always get rid of most of the physical product before I do digital. And this book, this first one that was 88 pages, was so thick, I couldn't even create a, a PDF. <laughs> Dang. Like, I couldn't even create a PDF small enough to give it to people digital. You know what I'm saying? So like, it was like I had to open up. I did it for like a month. I had to open up like a web page where people could come view it. 
And then you can look at analytics of all that stuff and like the time people take to do stuff, people just don't take time to do stuff. Nobody went to go even look and it was free. You know what I'm Dang. saying? You hear creators say that a lot. Like, ah, oh, it's free and they didn't even go look. And then some people are like, yeah, because they don't like you. No, it's not even that sometimes. It's just people are lazy. If you're not like coming down the stream, they're not about to divert their time if that's not their interest to go look for you. So right now I got like this book ready to print. I mean, print it ready to go if people want to buy that. And I have the ones that I'm going to print for the Kickstarter. But right after that, I'm going to try to get it in comic book stores everywhere. The issue one and two that you saw on the screen, like that stuff that you saw on the screen, I'm trying to actually ship out to comic book stores. Like I don't want to play the game anymore. Like people already act like they don't know I exist when they're my friend on Facebook. Like, and they want to talk about all the comic books that exist and they go, Oh, all these books exist. And they like never list me. And I'm like, boy, I'll eat you up. Like <laughs> seriously, that's how I'll be feeling. I'm like, boy, I'll eat you up. Like on like, you got to be confident about your shit sometimes because if, especially if people ain't going to gas you up, you got to gas yourself up. If nobody right. going to give you your flowers, you got to give yourself flowers, especially if other people are telling you you're dope anyway, too. Like if that's that you need to just move on with that and be great, bro. So, yeah, I don't have I don't I don't know. I'm playing hardball kind of because it's like I, I value my art. I'm not trying to hoe it out there. <laughs> so I stand with I feel you, man. I feel you. But uh, when they do, you do drop a Kickstarter and put it out. I'm be sure you have sent everybody your way. I but, will. Uh, uh, um, y'all can find me on Instagram on Lewis Brown Hornet. Um, yeah, Lewis Brown Hornet on Instagram. Facebook is Lewis Brown Hornet. I basically dropped everything as Lewis Brown Hornet, so nobody can say who's this Brown Hornet guy anymore. So everything, all my 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 titles and stuff, Lewis Brown Hornet. Why? Because it's part of my name. <laughs> and yeah, I copyrighted that shit. So get real. All right. For all those haters, I, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, they can't do that. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Man, appreciate you having, appreciate you being on, man. Enjoyed you, man. Yeah, yeah, man. I appreciate talking to you too. And I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I actually wanted to do your show because you just seem like a real brother that's out here that got love for comics. You know, I wanted to give you some big ups too for my I little fan base it. so they can come check you out too. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm, I got my own fan base. That's what we got to do. Yeah. We gotta, you know what I'm saying? Like you got yeah, your own you. fan base. I got my own fan base. I want them to kind of, I like your show shows. I think you try to branch out to other creators that aren't always in the spotlight. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I appreciate that, bro. You're a good dude. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. I try. I try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right, man. bro. All right. All right. Hey, What's up, y'all? It's a view. That interview was long. He too long starting up. But y'all check out Lewis Brown because he has a Brown Hornet comic book series. Check him out. Great, great dude and whatnot. And look, I, I got, I got a babysitting and whatnot. But y'all check out my books too at legstheview.com. And be sure to follow me too. And follow Specs as well. At Specs Channel 6. If you want to be on the show, if you want to be on the show, hit us up at channelgreenboss.com. And we go. Say bye.